imagine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. How are you? Uh, it's been a while since we've been on. Um, it feels like forever. And uh, so, Dave, how are you? How's it going? I'm still burnt out. <laughs> yeah, you were on the road for two weeks, right? Two weeks. Sweetwater Gear Fest, Summer Nam, uh, several bars, and uh, and a bunch of whiskey. <laughs> nice, nice. And tonight's guest is the amazing Sean Tubbs. Sean, hey everybody, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for joining us. Oh man, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, we, you came on a while back. Yeah, that was with Chris. That was yeah, quite a while Chris ago. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was early on in, in our in our downward spiral of a career. <laughs> 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 yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. No, it was uh, great to have you guys. I haven't spoken to Chris in a while. Was he at uh was he at Summer Nam? Oh yes, yeah, he brought a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> oh yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, because I couldn't go and he sent me a text. He was like, dude, I just hung out with Dave and drank whiskey. <laughs> you you know what you know what amazed me about Chris? Uh is Chris sat down and played for a while. He's a great player, oh, he's a great right? Player, yeah. And he sat down and played every known Van Halen song known to man. Yep. And he does it about as good as I've ever seen anyone do it, period. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's frighteningly good. Uh-huh. And I and know. we're all just sitting there like going, Oh, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one too. Go to the next one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's yeah, such an aficionado. It's like I because the first time I heard him play, I was like, Good God, he's killing. It's like I know the first note of you really got me. Dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> I know the dun. And yeah, he just like kills it. He's yeah, he's note, so unassuming as a guitar player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and and like he was pulling stuff out of his head. It was like the uh 80s revival or something yeah it's like yeah. name that tune it's yeah. like whoa geez i mean like obscure kind of obscure stuff too oh like, yeah like you're like wow was that really autographed the whole solo and everything <laughs> yeah what <laughs> yeah now he's that's the thing he's such a musicologist especially from that era it's like for me i, I always feel terrible because i honestly don't know songs you know, it's like I, I learn little pieces and then I rip them off and then plug them into whatever I'm doing. But guys like that, it's like, yeah, they know the whole song and they know who produced it. They know who wrote it. They know who played on it. They know when it was done. They know how it was recorded. Yeah, he's he's crazy. Well, he's a, yeah. total, he's a total Van Halen geek. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Mark, yeah. if you would have heard it, your jaw would have been on the ground. Yeah. You know what? Uh, when I had him on a previous show that I was on, we we he was like. Oh, I want to play so badly. He, I think at the time, for whatever reason, he didn't have his stuff with him. But yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to wanting to hear him play for a while. He's yeah, good. He he's honestly a really great guitar player. It's like he'll never accept you telling him that. Yeah, but he yeah. does. He plays great, man. He's really good. That's cool. Like yeah. you know, the open, opening the Mean Street, where you know, just like the the tapping with the. Oh, he was doing the tapping. Oh, my, oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I'm always the feel and everything too was down pat. So it was like even the swing of it all and everything, which yeah, it's very enjoyable to listen to that stuff if someone does it right. Yeah, and if someone isn't doing it right, it's not definitely not as enjoyable. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're like, oh, to, oh, to you're guitar not center, getting that. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's what's hard. I mean, uh, you know, for me, I remember when I was first hearing Eddie play, um, I tried to do it, and especially when I figured out it was it was tapping and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I finally was just like, this this rascal is way too slippery. I I'm just yeah. not. I'm done. I'm checking out of this. I'm just gonna <laughs> let you know, let Eddie do his thing. I'll I'll chase something else. But I can't. I just can't do it, man. I can I can dive bomb a guitar if it's got a Floyd Rose on it. It sorta. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I can. I like the Jeff Beck thing. But when it comes to that slippery, Eddie's man, he wrote that book. Yeah, and, but you 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 have more of that. Uh, like you just said, the Jeff Becky sort of thing, or the, the yeah, exactly. Yeah, coolness, you know. Yeah, but Eddie, um, good good God, you know, yeah, he's he's something else, man. I'll never be able to play like that. I gave up a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I'm still trying. I still try, but I I get so freaking frustrated. <laughs> Plus, I, man, it's like me trying I, – I struggle with, like, slide playing. It's like I can do it. If you give me a week, I'll come up with a slide solo, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. I'll hear guys play slide, and it's just like, oh, my God. I'm done. You know, like, like yeah, who, would, who would you think is really great? Slide. Uh, sli- oh, well, Derek Trucks, of course. Yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's kids now like uh, Ariel Posen, uh, Joey Landreth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's cats that are just uh, Ian Thornley, uh, yeah, of course Sonny Landreth is insane. But like when I hear like someone that can legitimately play slide guitar, I'm just heartbroken because I just know that's not in the cards for me. Who's the <laughs> uh, there's the there's the guy he was at Sweetwater and we we heard some stuff coming out of another booth and we kind of rounded the corner to like what's going on here and it's the guy with the shovel. You know, oh, that has the yeah, slide thing. That guy, the long-haired yeah. guy. Oh, he's been on and YouTube. He was, and we're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that oh, good? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, and he's playing a shovel. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's he, a shovel. It's a yeah. shovel with a string across it with a pickup. Or I, you know, I don't know. I didn't even look how close. But yeah, it was I, think it's, I think it's just two strings. But I remember uh, my monitor engineer, Cam, sent me this link. And he's like, you got to check this dude out. He's playing a shovel. Yeah. And yeah, it was. It looked like he was playing two strings, yeah, and he was, was making strings. more music than I've ever made with six strings in my life. Like great <laughs> vibrato and great, yeah, know, just like really, really good. Yeah, good. and then after that, he's using a slide, which is pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I we, uh, the guy that's with us, Dave Black, that comes with me to some of these shows, mm-hmm. he's like. So come here, come here, come here, and <laughs> go around the corner of the booth. He's a big mm-hmm. slide. He loves slide. And he yeah. dabbles in it himself at, at home. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like, oh, my God, listen to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. It was great. Well, and there's other cats like uh, Blake Mills is haunting uh, slide guitar player. I mean, it's just, man, the guys that can do it. It's 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 almost like a, a drummer all of a sudden deciding he's going to be a Latin percussionist. It's like, no, you're right. not. Right. Just because you got some congas and some timbales, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I have a slide, nope. <laughs> yep, yep, you kind of yep. have to grow up doing it, man. You really do. Yeah, out here we got uh, Greg Lease. Oh, God, yeah. Greg's, Greg, Greg's amazing. He's, He's a, um, amazing at a bunch of stuff. but Yeah, I was going to say he does whatever he wants. Yep. Yeah. But I always liked how he, how he incorporated. He's played on so many different records where, um, you know, things like Smashing Pumpkins records and stuff mm-hmm. where – or it's slide guitar, but then with effects on it, so it turns yeah. into 
it turns into sound design almost. Yeah. Uh, oh, in, yeah. In, a, in a very cool way. And uh, yeah. he was always really great at that or down to the rootsy stuff, mm -hmm. like playing with Ryan Adams and, mm -hmm. and, uh, oh, everyone else, Keith Richards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, else. you know, there's, there's cats like uh, Junior Brown, of course. Mm. Um, he's so good at that kind of lap steel slide kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, it goes on and on. I, if I had to pick just a one that just haunts me, it'll probably always be Derek Trucks. He scares me to death. You know who I love that came to mind was Jimmy Page. Oh yeah, I Some love the slide playing. Well, and then George Harrison, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, you know. That's true. That's well, true. Jimmy He's Jimmy Page in general. Forget about just the slide. It's, yeah. There's this beautiful element of slop yeah in, in in this such a musical cool way that it's just mm -hmm. like oh can't well i call all those guys because you know you don't look at someone like jimmy page because his technique is insane because it's not but he's he's a riff writer and and everything he does is so jimmy page mm -hmm. it's just everything is beautiful if it's sloppy it's still elegant it, it's still moving um you know those guys are highly gifted aliens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Page is insane. <laughs> yeah. And often, and often more interesting than yeah. a lot more technically proficient players, mm -hmm. you know, to, to yeah. sit there and listen to. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, 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 that's how I check myself as a guitar player because it's like, you can, you can have a lot of chops you and you can really work at it. And I think if you're, if you're dedicated to it and you work really hard, you can become ridiculously proficient. Um, but when it comes to doing something that's going to move the average guy that isn't into all that stuff, those are the ones that are uh, just gifted to me, like yeah. Daniel Lenoir and uh, John Bryan. Even though he, yeah. John Bryan's got some technique, uh, of course. I'm not saying he doesn't, but you know, he's he's not a shredder. He's not, right. you know. But man, the stuff he plays is so musical, but it's because they have such a songwriter mentality. Yeah. And I'm always checking myself as a player going, dude, you should have wrote more songs. <laughs> I'm working on songwriting because your playing would be so much better. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it, that's the one thing. If there's anything I could tell young guitar players is, yeah, work on those chops, work on those skills, learn scales, but boy, write. Right, right, right. Think of melodies. Learn melodies and turn those into solos. Don't just riff away. Like take a vocal melody, even a gospel melody, and plug that in as a solo. It's like, wait a second, that's a beautiful melody. Learn the melody, which won't be easy, by the way, and then try to plug that in as a solo, and you're going to be a way more prolific oh, guitar yeah. player. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, it's just... Yeah, that's that's the thing that kicks me in the nuts every single time is when I hear a guitar player that's a songwriter, especially around here in Nashville. It's like all these guys that write, you'll listen to their acoustic playing and just go, God dang, I could play like that, too, if I wrote songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really hard to write a song. Well, it's well as I say, a really good song. Yeah. Really yeah. good song. Yeah, because I've, I've never written a song from top to bottom in my life. I can write riffs. You know, I've written like 130 of them on YouTube. But when it comes to, <laughs> but when it comes to you know, writing a song top to bottom with lyrics and a melody, and man, that's not easy. 
And then, yeah, like you said, Mark, have it be a great song. Yeah, you know, right. it's it's not easy. It's tough business. Mm-hmm. Sure is. So, what have you been doing, Sean? I know you've been doing lots of videos. Yeah, um, it's just it's gotten more and more busy as I've I've gone along. Um, I've I've got yeah, I'm actually backlogged right now, um, which is is really really cool and and really uh, daunting. <laughs> you know. But it's like I, I love doing this, and I and I've always wanted this to start coming together. So I'm I'm so blessed um, that yeah I've got guitars and and some amps to demo and a, and a lot of pedals and yeah I'm, I'm finally like somewhat backlogged. So yeah I've just been doing that. You know, um, Carrie took so much time off. Uh, you know, you guys know I play for Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. Um, she just took so much time off this time, and and things just got so tight for me financially because of that um i I decided to go ahead and 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 walk away from that gig which was that was a really really hard fought decision but it was one of those things where the reality of the business is yes you're on a major gig which is a dream come true and i was on that gig for 11 years but when they take a lot of time off between tours it's like that money's not there Mm. you're not retained and you're not on salary so it's it's tall fields of wheat and then dry parched desert. So for me, I just thought, you know what, I I, I think I just want to stay in this struggle, and um, just put bricks in my own house, mm-hmm. and really try to develop uh, this kind of YouTube influencer idea, and just see uh, what happens. And and so far, yeah, it's just been an incredible blessing. Um, I mean, there's just. Uh, stuff coming out of the woodworks and it's it's yeah it's it's been great because I thought if anything it would just be devastating because I felt like well now I'm just going to delegitimize myself it's like I used to be a guitar player <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> well I used to play guitar but uh, it's it's been honestly the opposite of that you know as as people have found out that I'm actually available um, it's yeah it's it's been great so yeah to answer that question long story short um, yeah I'm, I'm working a lot just to do these these demo videos and hopefully branch out into some teaching stuff it's just i'm i'm so late to this party so i <laughs> I, I still got to learn how all the the subscription kind of stuff works and and teaching and but for now i'm i'm really happy to just like i said be backed up on uh demo videos it's been it's been such a blessing it's been great yeah well, yeah and, and also you'll do you'll do anything You'll do the guitars, amps, pedals. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah like right, where someone like Pete or something won't do guitars and he won't do amps. You know? Right. Yeah. And it just depends. Like for me, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm perfectly fine doing guitars. As a matter of fact, I've got five uh, guitar demos coming. Um, four of them are That's these uh, are these Dave uh, Fieldham. I, <laughs> some, some dude from Norway. I don't know. yeah (laughs) and you know i've got those coming and there's another company called iconic uh from san diego that sent me a guitar to to demo and it's beautiful i'm excited to demo that my only thing with with demoing is i just have to connect with the product and it's only happened a couple times and i obviously won't name the product but where it was like this i it's not that the product is bad but i people are going to see right through me i'm a terrible actor and 
you know, I, I can't do the product. So that's the only time I'll ever kind of pump the brakes or say no is if I just know mm -hmm. that I don't connect with the product. But, you know, guitars, amps, pedals, you know, it's like I'm not going to do a video about guitar picks. I'm not going to, you know, there's certain things where it's like, I, you know, I, I play Fenders. I'm not going to switch to another guitar pick because the second I switch to a custom guitar pick, Medium. here's what's going to happen. They're going to stop making them. <laughs> True. Then I'm screwed. <laughs> I go. Th I go through so what, many different fend, types fender, of picks. Fender mediums, a heavies, man. Heavies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I gotta use heavy. Now that's the thing. Not it's like, like mediums. I, the mediums are cool. What I learned, and it's because I'm lazy, but maybe it's because I'm not lazy, is in sessions I got tired of, especially I learned this playing acoustic guitar. Instead of getting a pick that was more wispy. All I would do is is just lighten up my grip on the pick and mm -hmm. change my pick angle, and and yeah. physically play more wispy. And I found that I, I had more tone that way than switching to a thinner pick, so that it you know would be less or need less compression in the mix or whatever it is the producer's wanting. For me, I just learned well just just change your right hand technique. It's, 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 kind, to, of a, you know. it's kind of an interesting concept. We were, we were discussing this in NAM. So I, stupid conversations while drinking. Um, um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I, it kind of dawned on me a while back that, you know, I deal with Eddie Van Halen a lot and, and he's a client of mine and this and that. And, you know, I was wondering why, you know, his Wolfgang guitars, had very small frets, like the the, the the latter ones. I think they've changed it since even, haven't they, Mark? Or they still have the tiny frets? Uh, on the USAs, they have the vintage frets, but on the um, uh, the specials and the standards, they went to uh, jump medium jumbos, you know, the jumbo. Uh, yeah, largest. Yeah, so, so the USAs, the guitars he uses had these small frets, right? Mm -hmm. But he was tuning down to E-flat with nines. Mm-hmm. And and also using uh, a medium pick, mm -hmm. years ago, years ago, used a thin pick, mm -hmm. um, or at different times, a thin pick or medium pick. And when you actually think about the combination of that, it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Really oh, large yeah. frets tuned down to E-flat with nines, you're going to pull them out of tune. Yeah, yeah you're going to fret uh, sharp. You're going to fret mm -hmm. sharp. Uh, too heavy of a pick with nines tuned down to E flat, you're going to smack it too hard and it's going to yeah. go out of tune. Yeah, it'll, it'll start that sharp all, and drop. That all sort of makes sense. Oh, yeah. So I think ultimately, depending on what your string gauge is, mm -hmm. what tuning you're playing, it might dictate the kind of pick you're using. Oh, it absolutely uh, does. You know? and Yeah, it absolutely does. Because for me, it's like I'm not staunch telling everybody only play heavy picks and change your attack. But for me as a session player, what happens is you're kind of stripped of your musical identity. Uh, you don't have a style. Your your job is to fit whatever needs to be accomplished. But I, I would say if you're an artist like Eddie or you're an artist guitar player and it's not, you know, you're not wanting to do the session thing, then yeah, if a, if a, a thin pick with, you know, whatever gauge strings and whatever tuning works, then by all means, do that but for me yeah it was um one of those things where i i was just i i'm like i said it's kind of lazy but i just wanted to be kind of a jack of all trades player without having to switch between 16 different guitar picks mm. i just kind of wanted you know the one to work so i would just change and even playing with carrie 
switching from electric to acoustic so much acoustic guitars especially plugged in dave and mark you both know that can be a disaster and, too, and, heavy of, of a, too heavy of a touch yeah <laughs> so if, if you lay into that thing like you did on a microphone okay. it was going to sound like you were murdering a duck <laughs> you know so you just have to you know once again you adjust and and you know when you got eight seconds to switch guitars who's going to reach into their pocket and grab a lighter pick so for me i just learned man just play one play pick and just change yeah 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 exactly exactly that's cool hey uh dave when you were at summer nam did you go check out the um that 78 the van halen 78 guitar the eruption sure the Overpriced, overpriced, and overpriced. Overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way overpriced and then extremely overpriced. I'm not sure I understand. So the the really limited one is like super perfect or super distressed, and then the distressed one is only slightly less distressed or slightly less perfect. I, I'm not sure I understand those two. You know, I understand the non-distressed one. but The non-distressed one is the one that's for $7,800, and that was um, the one that they made the most of. I think they made 30 of them. Yeah. Right? No. Or 40 of them or however yeah, many. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, the next up was the um, was somewhere in between that 12,500 or something like that. That was distressed but didn't have all didn't have all the case candy and didn't have a signature and the video right. of him playing okay, a Russian. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then the next one was, I believe, <laughs> fully relicked had more case candy and was signed by Ed and, and a video a, of him playing has a video of him playing eruption too. Yeah. yeah. And that was oh, the twenty $25,000. $25,000 one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now what, what I never knew was that they called that the, uh, the frets that were on that neck, they called it fretless wonder frets that they were super low frets. I always thought that they were like, cause they look jumbo on that neck. I remember, I remember actually seeing them working on that guitar uh like years ago this has been going on a long time mm. i remember uh, i'm w- one of the last tours i remember seeing chip out with that guitar on his really? on his work box showing it to him and stuff hmm. so they were working on it like at least 4 years ago or something so it took a long time for that to come out wow yeah well there wasn't the fretless wonder uh, that was a gibson term wasn't it for yeah. like uh, Les Pauls, what was it? Early seventies Les Pauls, where the frets were wide but really flat on the yeah. They they, they just sanded them right down to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> flat as hell. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like fretless wonder. Where have I heard that? I think that was like kind of a Gibson. Term. Well, is. devil's devil devil's advocate on what those things cost. It's like well. Obviously, these aren't high production models, right? No, 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 no. no the the twenty five thousand no, is mean, limited to eight. Come on, still, let's be yeah. Let's let, let's be real about it here. You're you're just paying you're paying for a signature. You're paying for the authentic you know authenticity of it, so to speak. And right, and and I guess you're surely somewhat, not paying. You're surely not paying for the neck and the body and the parts. Right, it's not one just, humbucker, one tremolo body and a neck. I mean, we're yeah. talking. You know, it's only it's very little money. You know, for them, yeah. especially for Fender, even to make it. But yeah. then again, the time to relic it like they do and all that is actually time and money but it's you know it's um 
It's a crazy. Uh, you crazy know what? Price. It's more of a one-off. You know what? I bet, though, right? I bet. Yeah. I bet. I swear to God, they probably sold out all of them the first day of May. I'm sure, and I bet you most of them went to Japan. Well, maybe some of them. Some of them. I mean, I talked to a couple dealers that uh, at the show. We, they were talking about these guitars, and when the first time they came out with the red and white black one, you know, mm-hmm. they were twenty-five thousand dollars. Also. And they got a few of them, the dealers, and he goes, "Well, we didn't sell them for twenty five thousand, but you know, we sold them for nineteen thousand or something or eighteen thousand. Mm-hmm. And then the mark on the guitars was quite nice, what I understand. So in turn, the dealer still made way more money than they make a normal guitar. Yeah, I see. Okay, so the twenty five thousand is the MSRP. The, the, yeah, that that's the the the, the map price or yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But yeah, I that's guess the map, the the, map price the, it'll sell for you know if a dealer actually gets it and they don't sell it at that full price then they'll discount it some more and right. But, but they're I, still I guess, not going to lose even if they do that. Well, I guess what it boils down to is it's the I've got this guitar or car, and you well, don't. It's a collector's piece. Yeah, totally. it's like there there wasn't a ton of them made. So if you've got it, you're probably the only kid on the block that does. Yeah, it's going to be worth it. Like, right, you've got to be one. I mean, look, if I had the cash, I'm a huge Van Halen fan at 25000 or whatever, 20000 If it, if I could burn it, I'd probably, uh, you know, sure, that'd yeah. be awesome to have, you know. But uh, Yeah. But but my here's the thing that I, from a business perspective, I, I, you know, we were talking about this online. Um, all right, sure. He's going to sell eight of them at $25,000. You know, I think ultimately you add it all up. It's about a million dollars or close mm-hmm. to, um, but it would be so much nicer for the fans. If he came out with a guitar that was like, he, it's not a relic. It's not like a replica of everything that I had, what way it looked, but it's the exact specs neck. It's the exact specs body. It's, uh, it's and here it is for two thousand dollars, and it's you know it's exactly you know made exactly oh, the way you know to the specs, right. but it's just not relicked out and everything. And here, at fans, mm-hmm. you know, here's a great piece. You know, well, they I, said, yeah. I mean, they sold how much were those art series guitars or whatever? They were sold those for how much? Eight ninety nine or something? Or, or were they that expensive? They were yeah. that expensive? I didn't realize. Yeah, and. Uh, and, you know, the only problem I, that I found, you know, I have to say the guilty pleasure when they came out with the v, the um, the star guitar, you know, with, right. the, with the authentic, like, Dan Electro-style neck and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I even was looking at that going, oh, man, you know, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, what turns me off about it is when I saw it is, like, it's covered in a, a big, heavy clear coat overneath, over the paint. And I'm, like, on... Wish they just would have literally sprayed it, and it it would have been cooler to me. And then, right, you know, just like not with the big clear coat, because I I would literally, if I were to get something like that, I would literally sand it down. Yeah, I would sand the clear coat off of it just so it was matte or looked more, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess therein lies the process. It's like you know they could sell them that way, but then there's going to be all the guys that are whining because there's a bunch of glitter on their lap. The first time they sat and played the guitar, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they don't want people whining about uh, the finish coming off it, so they're going to clear coat over that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. It's, but I, I'm, I'm like you though, Dave. It's like, yeah, I always just kind of play. I always play both sides of the fence in those things because it's like, well, there's a little bit that goes into selling things, you know. But yeah, for me, I'm like, yeah, don't put any clear coat on it. 
just right. spray not, the thing. Not, and, not at know. least not thick clear coat that you can yeah. see. Or make it right. satin or something. Right, uh, right. You know, it, it's... Uh, well, talk, talking about clear coat, um, that $25,000 replica, they clear... it. Uh, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. No, so, it's not but clear coat. It's not? No. You're sure? Well, if, you know, I was looking at I was looking at the guitar in the booth, and it, it looked... I mean, I didn't... I can only get so close to it, but it looked right. like it was the raw paint. But I'm... Because... Wow. It was just, know, just like the other Frankie... But the right, but the, the difference here is that the thin pinstripes were actual was actual tape. Okay, well. So my my thought was you, when I was you're, looking you're at the. You're far figure, more of a geek than I am about. I'm this. a ridiculous geek. Yeah. I, so, so 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 like for me, it's just like, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> so I just so I just wonder if the tape, if the one a you know pinstriping tape was actual clear coated over because otherwise it'll come off. Like what you did on his guitar, you know. He ultimately like you, there's pieces folded. See, I didn't over know any of that stuff, so thanks for enlightening me. Now, now I <laughs> now I feel totally like too much of a geek. Um, <laughs> Leave I, that to I, me. I, okay. You know what I, I I always was like, you know, the other thing that bummed me out too is, uh, you know, the the kid in me still wants one of those guitars just for the heck of it, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't just yeah. Part of me, when I saw the Circles guitar come out, which was the Unchained video guitar, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, ooh. But then I saw the clear coat. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and there's no and way to I'm take like the going, clear coat What am I, crazy? I need another guitar like I need a hole man. Mm -hmm. <sighs> <laughs> but somehow you always manage to get another one, right? Uh, no, I'm going to sell things. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> no. Oh, we had a question. Lately, I've been buying amps. Nice. Oh, have you? What'd you get? Well, I've been doing stupid things. Like I, I saw, I was on Reverb, and I saw a uh, you know a, a vintage high watt PA head. Oh gosh! And it's just it looks so cool on Reverb. I'm like, oh, oh man, oh man, crap. Yeah. Click. Yeah. <laughs> Bought it. It was like fifteen hundred dollars. Nice. It wasn't too bad, you know. No, God, but, that's great. But, but and it sounds, although it's not, it's the same power section as a, a hundred watt high watt DR one hundred three, which mm -hmm. I love. Um, the preamp's different, but when you crank it up, you're like, no, that sounds like the high watt. Yeah, you know, yeah, it sounds yeah. it sounds cool. Yeah, it's got like a little yeah. effects loop, and it's got like a power amp in kind of thing, and like you could use it as a power amp, you could use it as I don't know, nice. something. Yeah, it just looks well, cool. Yeah, why not, man? <laughs> and and then, then I I found some other stupid. Uh, I like things that I find for cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so someone was selling an old. Uh, do you guys remember the old uh, PV VTM amps with the yes. little dip switches in the middle on the front? Oh my god! Yeah, we talked about those with uh, Brown. Yeah. Well, 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 that was. What they what they had done with that was it's kind of a you can make it a bunch of different things if you know what the dip switches actually do, uh, but in one mode it's sort of like an old Jose Marshall they they copied, PV actually copied, and then it, and in other modes it's like a JSM eight hundred basically their version of it, and uh, some guy some guy had it listed on a form and I was like, I saw it listed at a certain price I'm like oh that's that's cool, and that wasn't selling wasn't selling. And then all of a sudden, it was three hundred and sixty-five dollars shipped. Huh. I'm like going, oh, man. 
all right, I'll buy it. Yeah, it's probably cost him a hundred I mean, bucks. That, I mean, to that's ship like that a three hundred dollar amp. It cost, well, yeah, or at least yeah. sixty-five or yeah. seventy or something. So it's yeah. at that point, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll mess around with it just for fun. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's cool. I really didn't <laughs> need that one, but I just did. You get it? It's coming. It's it's on its way. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. I did that while I was gone. I'm curious. I'm curious how that sounds. You're in the hotel room, and it's bad idea to go on reverb. Oh yeah, late night drunk. Go on anything shopping. Anything, you know, <laughs> Reverb's the worst, actually, mm -hmm. because on Reverb, you can search and really get specific. They're like, yeah, yeah. hey, let's look at all the effects pedals from 70s. Let's look yeah. at all the effects pedal from the 80s. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, let's go through the, oh, wait, that's a cool one. Wow, that's not very much money. Click. Yeah. I've never, yeah. Wow, I've never, I never searched it that way. That's you cool. don't search it. Oh my God! You can just uh, get guitars from in the eras. They can search via eras. Really? So you yeah. So that that'll lead you down a whole bad rabbit hole. Yeah, because then they know you're going to be nostalgic. It's like oh and, my and, God, and reverb and reverb is, is cool because visually it's always cool too. Like you know they right. they do a cool thing on their on their site and you know they're showing at Nam shows now. Like they 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 have a booth and like when they were right, in the LA, yeah. and when they were at the LA. Uh, show they had all this vintage gear in the booth, you know, just like in that you're walking by the booth, you're like, Ooh, look at that Univibe, look at that, look at that, yeah, old and they're tape, selling tape, it, tape echo, and, and look, look yeah. at that. Oh, cool. Were they actually, they were actually selling that stuff too, right? I don't know, were they? That's what I'm because I, I remember when we were talking to who was it, Phil X, right? And he said Reverb was set up at um, at Gitcon and he bought something there. Yeah, wow, what, like, what a crazy cool company that is doing cool stuff. I mean, yeah, Reaver, yeah. Reaver's been doing really cool. Even even they're doing videos and they're doing things that are that are just kind of cool. It's just helping sell the gear and it, it, it's, but it's it's making it a kind of a, I don't know, like a, the, the way that, the way they present it is presented in a cool way, and then you're just like really want it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah. they and they're they're pretty good at educating you. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what I was really impressed with because you know I used to sell and buy things on eBay, then of course when it went from three percent up to a gazillion percent, yeah. all of a sudden this thing reverb comes out. Yeah, and they were kind of fledgling it, and at first I was like, eh, and then the more I watched them, and as I saw them progress in their marketing, and like you said, Dave, videos. Um, yeah. And just educational side, not just selling products. I was like, these guys are going to kill it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're doing they're doing great. And see, if I buy and then eBay, lowers their percentage rate to three. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> but still, what's for me, Yeah, but you know, for me, I'd still stick with Reverb because yeah, if too. you're a musician, that's the thing. It's like the platform is better. The it's, platform is better. It's a music yeah. platform. You know, why would you sell on a all over the the world mess platform when you're trying to sell a guitar, yeah, yeah. you know, not a ball of cotton. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah and I think, yeah, I mean, even though the, the reach is bigger, probably via eBay. Overall. Well, I think, I think it, I think it still serves a purpose, both platforms. Uh, sure. and if you, want, you want a larger reach for a product, probably eBay is still a larger reach, mm -hmm. but, uh, but you know, that gap is closing, I think. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, you're screwed now, Mark, because you're going to go on and search via eras now. Yeah, especially <laughs> the guitars. I, I, I'm limited no matter what with the lefty thing, but pedals and stuff. Oh my god. Oh, you know where you? You know where? You, did you go to Carter's Vintage last year? No, did I need to go. Town? You should have gone there because they had a. I think it was Carter's Vintage. They had a bunch of lefties. Oh really? 
That's dangerous. Oh, yeah. That's dangerous yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch dangerous. of lefties. But, but you know, actually what was co- the coolest, I went to a bunch of stores, Sean, when I was down there. Uh-huh. And uh, the, I think the coolest visually and with the coolest stuff was Rumble Seat. Yeah. They're cool. Rum- Dude, yeah. you walk in that store and you're just drooling from get-go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the way they display the gear. You know, they, they just display it in such a, a, a cool way. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it's not for sale, but, you know, but, yeah, but hey, it's oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah, there's so many great shops. I mean, I, I still like to peruse. I, I guess if I'm going to just wander through a shop, it's it's still groom. Um, yeah, but it's kind of crappy unless you're unless you get the uh, VIP treatment and go upstairs, right? Well, yeah, upstairs it's insane. But for me, it's it's kind of the I, I guess because I'm such an acoustic guy. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they the stuff they just have sitting out, you know, accessible is is pretty cool. Lots of acoustics. Um, yeah, we went there. Yeah, yeah. So we I'll, did, I'll wander we did through. a little tour of all the stores, pretty much. Nice. Well, I had it. I had two days off, so I just kind of went. We went off, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, there's a lot of just, I mean, amazing shops. Uh, you know, because I, you know, I kind of come from, you know, I used to work at a shop. So yeah. my big thing is, is man, it just, it just depends on the, it's the vibe of the shop that'll either make me not want to be in there at all or make me want to hang around. Right. You know, and, and yeah, there's, there's, you know, like, they're really sweet at Groon and, carters and you know there's that's that's kind of it any shop where i feel like i darken their doorway <laughs> i just kind of like oh gosh i, I probably should get out of here because <laughs> yeah we, we went to groons and of course uh, rumble seat and carters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh we went by corner music but there's nothing to see there yeah i haven't been to sorry corner in a long time. So, sorry corner music but there really isn't anything to see mm-hmm. um uh I hear the guitar center Brit- there is good. British Audio too, run by his little shop, the mm-hmm. service company mm-hmm. or whatever. Sure. And uh, I got a tour of he's revamping his upstairs and everything. Nice. And, uh, it's pretty cool. He's got a studio up there and everything. Mm. Wow. Yeah, like pretty cool. Uh, cool guy. I like yeah, that it. It was cool. And uh, I don't know. I think that's about. Oh, I didn't. I didn't wind up going to the guitar center. I just, I just, it was guitar center. I just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But I've, I've heard good things though about at least their whatever platinum room there. They got well, yeah, good stuff here. Well, they have Tony Higby, and Tony Higby is a, is a, is a great uh, salesman of ours. So, oh, didn't know that. So, yeah, he plays with Tom Kiefer. Oh wow! In his solo band. You know, you don't know Tony. That's yeah, I, I I didn't know. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I haven't been in that I haven't been in that guitar center in, in probably three or four years, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, Tony and he's like always was um, their top sales guy, and he would mm-hmm. deal with all the pro guys, and you know, was it's like the what what you wish all of Guitar Center was, you know, and yeah. uh, and Tony Tony was just a go getter, you know, but he's also mm-hmm. a great guitar player and. You know, has his own project. I think that Nick Raskolinix just did some had something to do with, and right. uh, and that uh, and then he plays with Tom Kiefer normally. So, wow, that's great. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, 
Now, Sean, um, we were we were talking. So one of the things also um, was about tour life, right? So yeah. So I, I was going to ask you before. I was like, well, would you uh, consider going back on tour with, say, another artist? But then I, yeah. you know, I thought to myself, maybe that's not something you're interested in. No, I mean, it's 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 kind of a young man's game. Um, uh, you know, touring with Carrie, they they took really good care of us. Um, I mean, the hard part of that tour, like I said, is is she takes a lot of time off. Okay. So you make really great money, but it's only over about a seven to eight month period of time. So you think, oh my God, I made all this money in eight months. It's like, well, wait a second. You need to take that eight months and actually make it 24 to 30 months and divide ah, by man. that. And then that's what you actually made. Um, so, you know, it it's, it is kind of a young man's game. Like for me, where I've got kids that are 15 and 18, mm. um, you know, my girl's about to take off to college. It, you know, there's a lot of stuff that started piling up. Well, you're um, almost done. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, Empty nest syndrome is going to be good. Oh, good times know. coming. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, but you know, it's like I missed. I, but on the other side of that, I missed uh, so much of their lives when I was gone. Mm. So I'm, I'm doing that kind of math. Um, I guess to answer the question, yes, I would, but it would need to be you know, something that, that paid really, really great. And, and just was music that I just was crazy about. Cause otherwise, like I said, I just kind of want to try and start putting bricks in my own house. It's like you spend so much time brick and mortaring somebody else's house for a paycheck. Their house is still there when, while they're not paying you anymore. <laughs> so, and I, I'm not, I'm not belittling the, I mean, that's just, it seems like that's just the way it is anymore. I, I don't know that, that many artists are really retained anymore. I don't even know that a lot of them are on salary anymore. Um, so for me, it's like, yeah, um, it would have to, yeah, it'd have to be big, you know, big money and music that I really loved. Right. And right. We, we talk about it, but you know, the, and what's so hilarious, I was thinking about it. I was like, Jeez, man, I've you know I've been on the carry gig for eleven years, so you know I I'm not really at the end of the day. This sounds hilarious, but I'm not really road ready. I was saying I started laughing. I was like, well, wait a second. The storyteller tour was all done on fractals that her, her management company bought, and all my guitars were in guitar boats that traveled that they bought, <laughs> and yeah. before that. You know, they bought the amp cases that my amps went in before we were using fractals. So here I am, like, I've got all this equipment and none of it is ready to go on tour. <laughs> right, 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 It's right. like, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking, yeah, what if, like, somebody did call me? I'd be out of luck. I'd be like, or someone uh, wants to call you and wants to yeah. go out for for. Can you do some weekend dates, you know? Yeah, I'd be like, uh, can I oh, I mean, you can I'll do, like, if you wanted to do that, you could do some weekend dates for some artist or something. Yeah, yeah. if I can borrow a case from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use the backline Can stuff. I put my app in a gig bag? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, well, it's hard being on the yeah. road. And like you said, you've got older kids. and Yeah. And honestly, being on the road, like I said, it's kind of a young man's game. And, and you think... And it is to a degree. It is. It's. It is a blessing, and it's so fun to be out gigging. But at the same time, it can become a really, really lonely place mm. because you know you're just in hotel rooms all the time, 
and you just get to a point where you you're surrounded by people but at the same time you're completely lonely um it's 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 kind of hard to explain to someone that hasn't that, that that really would love to be on a gig like that they're just thinking you're crazy you know you just go hang out it's like well, well yes but after 11 years and when you're married and sure just, and you know it's I, a whole different ball game a, when you're single yeah. and yeah it's a, yeah if you're a young turk or a, you know young lady it's like okay cool you're not you don't have you're not you're not missing your kids you're not necessarily missing a wife or a husband um, it's maybe a little different, but for me, you know, yeah, that part was, it was difficult. Yeah. You know? Some, some people like it more than others too, depending on, on the kind sure. of person they are, you know, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. And some, some people love it or some people, like you said, aren't, aren't attached, Yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. for, you know, Pete Thorne to go out. It's like, mm-hmm. he is, he's just him. Yeah. It's like he's alone all the time anyway. <laughs> I mean, but that's, he, he, he actually he actually generally has more company probably on tour. <laughs> oh, man, poor Pete. He's like not here to defend himself at all. No, I'm not giving him. I think he'd probably agree. <laughs> so yeah, Pete, Pete's a really good example. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Pete's not a teenager, but Pete's no. younger than I am, and yeah, he doesn't have kiddos. He's not married. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. can he can just go for it and but see for me it's like I would never trade that's why I always tell people it's like yeah I'm I'm all about guitar I'm all about guitar but never and and you know I won't go into it here but it goes really deep for me now because there's been some things that have happened that have just been heartbreaking so for me it's like I'm all about guitar but never at the sacrifice of relationship with friends or family right. because yeah it's it i promise you it won't work out eventually you'll wish you hadn't you'll wish you'd found the balance right right, and that's what i'm trying to do is is find that balance you know it's tough yeah interesting because you know i've I've even had my wife say to me oh you you know you love your guitars so much i'm like (laughs) yeah but i don't love them more than you yeah, I don't have conversations <laughs> with my guitars. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I love them a lot. Yes. Yeah. You know, maybe a new one I may have slept with a couple times, but but right. no. <laughs> okay, now that's getting a little weird. No, I'm, kidding. Little I'm, I'm totally was kidding. Striped, was it a striped one? No. Did it have sparkles? <laughs> <laughs> it has some sparkles, yes. <laughs> Did the stripes come off afterwards? No, no, no I don't even Yes, know. exactly. It had no clear clear coat on it. It was. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to go. I mean, yeah. My job, I, I, I just recently had to just take a break. I mean, I travel yeah. every other week. Yeah. At least they want me on the road every every week, but um, yeah. you know, I'm supposed to travel every other week, and it's. I'm getting old. I've been doing it for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets tiring. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, ju- I, I just toured NAMM shows and, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know how it is, right? And Two a weeks. few other, uh, little things. Yeah. But Dave, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine that man going gear fest to a NAMM show. Well, yeah. So, so, so here's the logistics of it. Right. So I, f- I fly into, um, when I ever go to GearFest, I always fly into Detroit because flying into Fort Wayne is a nightmare mm-hmm. uh, because you have to go a little puddle jumper into Fort Wayne yeah. and you generally have to wait an hour in an airport. And, and by that time, you could just drive there. Right. You fly into Detroit, it's probably the nicest airport I've ever been to. 
-hmm. and um, you you just get in a car that's really easy to get to, and you just drive to like two and a half hours, three hours, mm -hmm. big deal. You're there, and there's no traffic. Yeah. So yeah. there's zero traffic. So it's like you're talking to your buddy, and you're like, "Oh, we're here." Yeah. Okay. Well, three hours is gone. Great. Done. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, check into your hotel. The next day is setup day. So you you have to go set up your 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 booth from pallets of cardboard boxes. Um, you know this this year we brought a little less than normal, so it was it was more manageable, which was which was great. Um, but the problem with Sweetwater is generally it's it's got a rain issue. It always has oh, rain. Oh, that's right. It's tense out there. It's tense outside. Yeah. By the way, everyone who goes to this. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, wedding tents or circus tents or whatever you want to call it outside multiple. Ones. But what's, what's the building that they have inside though? I saw Mitch. Well, no, they, they, they have, they have a beautiful facility. It's unbelievable. It's, oh, it's, okay. uh, um, it's an incredible facility full of amazing studios and, and, and their store and, hmm. and, you know, they have, you know, it's crazy. It's like kind of like the Google of uh, of uh, guitar stores, right, or or music stores. So, or Amazon, so right? you know they have their own cafeteria. They have their own like coffee shop, like like a Starbucks, you know, kind of style. Hmm. Um, you know they have their they have uh, some game room. They have a gym. They have personal trainers if you want. They have a hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> you literally could never leave. It's fine. You know they probably have daycare, um, right? I don't remember. Oh, you know that, they do. But maybe they, have to. maybe they do. I would think yeah. they would. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I didn't see that, though. I don't remember seeing that. Uh, uh, incredible facility, incredibly well run, um, well organized, just completely. Like I said, it's like Google. It's all like all the, the whole building is is all of locally sourced materials and, mm. and a constant 70 some degree temperature uh, year round. And it's crazy. Like, green sort of building lots of natural light and everything Seems like a cool place to work um yeah would be a cool place yeah i mean and you know here's the other thing that too i, I was talking to some guy that became a sales guy there that used to live in another state uh, right around there and um who i had apparently talked to via email before mm. and um he goes yeah i had lost my really well-paying job in this other state couldn't get another really good job there and I was talking to the Sweetwater guys and and he goes the sales guy finally told me what they think they, they potentially can make there and he's like how much <laughs> and um, and really? now he's a sales guy <laughs> well I mean a, a really good sales guy there can you know make upwards of you know six figures yeah, I would. I would think so. I would think so. Uh, if you're good, if you're you know, good, if you're organized, then you can really like. He was telling me that one guy that was there that was really a heavy multitasker, so like he he actually could queue up someone else he was going to call while he was talking to this other person while he he's getting like the next one ready at the same time and just like uh, and just it was like a machine. And like yeah. he was the top grossing guy, period. Wow. But you can potentially make 
really good money in in a state that uh, you know is very cheap to live. Yeah. Uh, now, when you call over there and you're talking to one of those people, I mean, are they all based in Indiana, or you don't? Have yeah, no, to... they're all there. Oh, really? They're all on site. There's like little cubicles upstairs there. The whole yeah. phone center and everything. All the sales guys go there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how so, that exactly works. How they delegate it, but. Well, I mean, I I honestly I buy everything from Sweetwater. Anything I buy new, oh, I, I bought from yeah, Sweetwater. Awesome. And, and I remember the first time I bought something, you know, there was candy in the box and all that. That, that was cool. But what I really dug was a, a, I got an email saying, hey, were you okay with your product? And I was like, it was mm -hmm. a freaking mic stand. But I, I went ahead yeah. and emailed back. I was like, yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for – and I thought, well, I won't hear from him again. And he reached out. He reached back saying, well, really appreciate it. You know, I was like, wow, how, who yes, does exactly. that? It's, yeah, it's, so it's, it's was, unbelievably good customer service. Yeah, yeah so I was, I was so uh, done. So you can't argue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, and also they have the people that can really help you if you do have an issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Say you're buying software, or you're buying something computer related or, or something like that. You know, they could really help you through a bind if you have an issue with it, you know? Oh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I've had buddies that, that hadn't even bought it. I mean, they had bought things from Sweetwater, but they got a new computer, and they're trying to figure out how to transfer their Pro Tools software or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, call the Sweetwater cats. And sure enough, man, they sorted them out yeah. over the phone. No, they're all really good guys. Yeah. It's a, a great – it's a, a well-organized, great facility. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we show our appreciation by going to GearFest. Yeah, and uh, so you know, you show up, you set up your stuff, and uh, it, it's you know, rain this year. Pretty much, it rained the whole, entire well, not the entire time. Yeah, it set up day. It was raining, and then pouring at one point, wow. and then uh, and then like the next day, it was scattered. Like it would rain a little bit, and then stop, and wow maybe a little later rain some more and stop so once you start at least it stopped everybody... enough it stopped enough where where they could actually conduct business and it was cool um well people do people scatter when it starts raining i mean people just just run inside. stay in the tents <laughs> yeah bring, bring umbrella hey i was i was i was prepared this year because uh the previous year um some years it's fine it's like relatively clear and okay but it potentially always rains at least one day um yeah. This year was bad forecast, but somehow they skated. If the forecast sort of skated around them a little bit, and it was okay, it was like yeah. it was. It, it allowed people to get around, and it was okay. But wow. um, the previous year, I remember the setup day. They have you park your car in this lot that's like across the street, and they have these shuttle buses that bring you back to the campus, and. Um, all of which they own, all the land and everything around it they own. And um, I remember last year, I went, um, I went, uh, I dropped everyone off and then had to go park my car. Like, okay, fine, here, I dropped everyone off. They're all in there. They're, they ran to the tent and it was fine. I go park the car and, you know, there's shuttle buses. Yeah, sure. But they park your car across a parking lot and you have to get from your car to the shuttle bus. <laughs> and and it, it's a torrential back east. Yeah. Well, you know, you live in Nashville. It's a, sure. it's a freaking rainstorm downpouring. It'll dump, yeah. It Dump. <laughs> and 
I got nothing. I got no umbrella or anything. You know? <laughs> like by the time I got I'm to the drenched. bus, I was literally I took a I had taken a shower in my clothes. <laughs> it would just soak to the bone. I got back to the 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 booth. I walk in. They just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like yeah. oh my god <laughs> and they start cracking up I'm like going, yeah tell me about it <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> so this year this year I was ahead of time uh, so David was going and I was picking him up and we were going down and I, a couple days before I go dude please go to the store and buy two umbrellas yeah. and a box of trash bags like big you know, big, like, long leaf bags, mm -hmm. just in case you want to make your little rain, fake rain parka if you really need yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Please, please do go buy this. He goes, yeah. okay, I'm on it. Yeah. And he, sure enough, he had these two $10 umbrellas, big ones, and he had the bags, and we, I pick them up at his house, we go down there. Thank God we had those. <laughs> <laughs> really? You it mean was very, very, very useful. <laughs> but the problem is you're standing outside, so you have, you, you're, no matter what, you're damp. Yeah, you're you're even if it's not raining on you, there's so much moisture in your air. Your clothes are kind of like just yeah. damp. It's humid. And, and, All and the gear has to be protected, I would imagine. In in what way would they be be protected? <laughs> it's <laughs> not it's toilets, right? <laughs> guitars on stands. It's not getting rained on, but it's still damp. Everything's damp. The guitars. Oh, the necks are oh the necks are going crazy you know yeah. it's just like really oh wow yeah yeah no it's it's uh, it's a uh, tough, tough it's, environment it's a tough environment yeah <laughs> so we wow. do that and we you know we then okay that's over There's a couple days of that and, and Sunday we drive to Nashville it's a six hour trip to Nashville uh, not too bad uh, you know, get into Nashville, great. We got a couple days off. Fantastic. <laughs> we check into the Omni Hotel, oh, yeah. which, which I think you know where that is, right? It's real close. It's close to the convention center. Oh, across the street from the convention yeah. center, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, by the way, that's a very nice hotel. Oh, yeah. Omni's great. Uh, a really nice, incredibly nice rooms. Mm hmm. I, I I actually texted my the guy who booked the rooms back, and I go, I owe you a nice really a nice bottle of something. Yeah, I really do because this this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a corner I had a corner room, so the corner rooms are wall to ceiling glass on two of the four walls. Nice. So on the thirteenth floor, so you just walk in your room, and you're like, wow, I feel like I'm on a perch. <laughs> on, the 13, on the 13th floor, though. Yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. normally don't have those in hotels. I know, but I like that. I was born on Friday the 13th, so. Oh, okay. This, nice. this is a lucky, 13 is lucky for me. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> so. did you select that on purpose, or is that a thing, or or no? It just coincidence. No, 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 no. They just gave me the 13th okay. floor, and they gave me, and they happened, I got the best room of anyone. I'm the only one that got a corner room. Nice. <laughs> so did you, like, strip down butt naked and go to the curtains and do the old... <laughs> Definitely not. No. Come on, I man. Not, I was, you know, ha we had a good view of a bunch of construction workers with some cranes. So uh, trying, I'm trying to avoid like, traumatizing them. Right. Yeah. So no. Now you had the wife and kids there with you too. Wife and kids wife. came out. Uh, she, they came out on Tuesday. All right. So, yeah, Tuesday through Saturday, and then left on Saturday. So I had Sunday night, Monday night. 
and again on Saturday night, right? Without them, so. yeah. Wow. Well, night's free. Which, cool. which I was like at the point of my my son, who's seven, um, in a in a hotel room with you, who oh, yeah. happens to wake up at like you know the crack of dawn, and and you're kind of like, leave me alone. You're sitting right next. Don't bother me. Just, just be quiet. Right. Watch TV. You've already said this 150 times, and you're just about ready to kill him. If the window opened, I'd drop you out. <laughs> I love when they want to jump on, on the beds. Back yeah. No, no, no. That, no, that's not going to happen. It's just, but it's just like he's bugging you right from the get-go, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. really? Just right. let us lay here for a – come on. Just, just – uh, I'm okay with like a little bit later and I'm okay with it, but just come on, give me, give me another hour and a half or something. Right. <laughs> don't, don't start bugging me at 5 a.m. or something. Oh, oh my God. That is That's impossible cool. when you're seven years old, man. Yeah, no, no, I know. It's, it's exactly, they bounce off the walls and it's just yeah. like, come on, come on. Let's dad, dad, dad. It's just like, it's just like, you know what I'm going to do to you in a few minutes? I'm going to strangle <laughs> your little neck. <laughs> <laughs> of or course, I wouldn't you... do that. But you know, yeah, you know yeah. just, just in case someone's offended by what I just said, right. um, <laughs> have some kids, and you'll know exactly what we're talking. Kids, about. anyone with kids will know the jokes that you know, it's like. Right. You know, I'm going to throw you out of the car here on the road here in a minute right. if you don't be yeah. quiet, yeah. because I've had it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you broke just, me. You I broke was just me. Talking about no. that with my uncle, you know, and and like. <laughs> you you've annoyed me so much now that I'm I'm ready to do whatever. Yeah, it's uh, what you're thinking as opposed to what you actually say. Of course, I've never hit him in my life. But, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, <laughs> but, but but hey, the visuals. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, I know. You try to scare. The problem is with him is he doesn't. Um, you can't threaten him anymore. Yeah, he's past that. There's he's no like, fear. yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Really? Yeah. I know. Oh, I can't man. even. I can't oh, even threaten man. my cat. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, like yeah. oh, when man. you lose upper hand. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but but I have to say that I, I think I, I felt worse for my wife who has had to deal with him for the two weeks. Right. Um, that I while I was gone and it's while we were on the trip mostly oh, and yeah. everything and, and 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 she actually texted me and she goes, When you're home, he's yours. <laughs> you know, for yeah. a year. I was <laughs> 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 like going, All right. Yeah. You know what will take your kids to work day? It's take your kids to work year when you get back. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I'll deal with it. I used yeah. to have that too. Yeah, because because uh, when you're on the road, you're you're having fun. Not you're not working. But <laughs> well, I used to you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We won't start that. You know, um, you know, it's 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 uh, it, it's some work, but it's some fun. It's some fun. Yeah, it's some yeah. fun. It's some work. So it's uh, especially now. Well, with this this kind of work. stuff, it's kind of like. It's a kind of a lot of work. It's not really that much work, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a little daunting. I mean, it's you know you have to. Well, you have to be on your feet. You have day. to stand there and talk to people for eight hours. Yeah. Um, and after a while, you're like kind of just smiling and just smile and wave. 
no offense. It's like, okay, this is my seventh hour now, and I really just don't want to talk to you this last hour. Could I just right. not? But but then again, I, I want to be nice to you because you're a good customer, and of course I'm going to be nice to you. Right. You know, but after a while, you know, people, you got to understand. Well, it takes energy, man. It, it does. It, it, it's like it's like if you have one more smile or one more like thing out of you. But it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But yeah. we're always nice to everyone, of course. And, and of course, because I do appreciate everyone's, you know. Oh yeah, but it is. It's a lot of work. I, I mean, bought my amps and everything else, but it's it's a lot of work. It's it's a little brutal. So yeah. it's a bit brutal. You're a yeah. bit beat up when you're done. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like God. Can we go to the bar that doesn't have music? Yeah. <laughs> or can we can we go to people. the restaurant? There's no music. Better yet, no people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Just quiet and just yeah. food. Yeah. 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 Hey, so I wanted to ask you, Sean. What's that? Uh, that that's the Freeman behind you, the blue well, Cali. Uh, yeah. Right well, this one, the blue one. Yeah, the Cali. Uh no no the blue one. Blue one? Yeah, these this is one of the four uh that I'll be demoing that they just sent me. Um I think this one Dave Dave would know better, but I, I think this is the California Yeah, it looks like the Cali. Yeah, the he Cali just, guitar. You stepped out to the restroom, I think. Okay. But yeah, this one, um yeah, this is the first one out of the four cases that I, I got out to kind of stretch in and get ready to go. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's killer. It's you keep really that nice. floating? Yeah, all the, all of these guys, all the Floyds are floating, on, floating. on these. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this one's uh I guess this is all this one's is it one piece maple, Dave? Yeah, it looks like it is. Oh no, it's got a no, it's a board. It's got a cap. Yep. But yeah, this is the first one that I got out to tune up. But it's it, yeah, it's one of four, and uh, yeah, Pretty it's really nice. nice. Yeah, it's 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 killer. And this one, I guess it, it feels like it's Alder, Dave. I haven't looked at the. It specs is Alder. Yet. Yeah, it, it's Alder probably. Yeah, most, most yeah. of them are um, Maple Mac. Mm -hmm. um, well, same. one of them, I mean, one of them looked like it was actually Swamp Ash back, but Maple top. Oh, is that uh, one like of the Metro D's? The, 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 it was a uh, red, crazy maple top on it. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, oh, no. Wait, is it a Strat style guitar? Yeah, it's a Strat. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like a red, reddish or orangish kind of? Yeah, it was red. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the, um, what are we calling it now? It's sort of the Cali, um, well, I think originally it was the Elite, but the... Okay. With the maple top, but I think we I think we might have changed that name because uh, okay. someone else had a leaf or some something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. That was more of the prettier, non-aged kind of. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one's pristine. It doesn't have yeah, no aging at all. Um, definitely more kind of the modern thing. Whereas this one, yeah, has more of the relicking. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to uh, to demoing them. So uh, these are your pickups, right, Dave? Yeah, I think you'll you'll find the humbuckers quite interesting. Cool. Are they? Are they? Uh, what's the output on them? I haven't no, read the specs yet. The bridge. The bridge humbuckers like eight point three. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. But I think you'll find that even clean, these humbuckers sound amazing. Awesome. A lot of humbuckers don't always sound good clean. Yeah. Uh, but I, when you plug this into a clean app, you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You'll, well, see, you'll, a, see, you'll see what I mean. 
And that's the thing with, especially with humbuckers for me, it's, it seems like that kind of eight to nine range for me, mm -hmm. uh, output wise is where I'm, I'm really happy when they start yeah. getting hotter than that. I, um, I don't know. It's just, it, yeah, it's I know true. this sounds weird. It seems like there's a dynamics drop, believe it or not, where they, they don't breathe as much, you know? Correct. And, and also these humbuckers are a little bit offset in the coils. So they're a little, got a little more of a single coil thing going on. Oh, wow. Right on. I mean, I mean, not totally, but yeah. a little bit more of that little chirp, that single mm -hmm. chirp, kind of, yeah, which actually bark. I think also uh, lends itself to cleaner stuff too. Nice. It's, I mean, it sounds great, dirty, but it will. What people are most amazed at generally is like, wow, this humbucker really sounds great, clean. Yeah, cool. Which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Well, this will be the this one will be the the first one up. Uh, to demo, and then I'll... And obviously, obviously that guitar is more of the, you know, the, the you know, homage to the, you know, Grover Jackson style, you know, right guitar yeah, yeah. Um, from, from the 80s. But uh, it's actually quite useful for a lot of things. It's like, uh, at least it doesn't go out of tune. No, it does not go out of tune. I mean, <laughs> once I had the strings stretched in, but yeah, the, the frets feel great. The neck uh, is real comfortable on it. Um, now, do you guys... Are, these aren't just raw, Dave, right? Are they? No, they they're, 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 they have a. Um, there's um, well, there's several processes on that, uh, but it ultimately it gets like this coating, this finish called good stuff, which is like kind of a semi. It's not oil. It's a. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually a finish, but it 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 feels like oil. It, it, it's kind of just soaks into the wood and mm -hmm. gives it a kind of a clear coat. Yeah, not clear coat, but a. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Feels like an old neck, though. Yeah, it does. I mean, it really. And the, honestly, though, I, I think I sent you a text about. Here, hang on a second. So, one of those, he's got one of the T style guitars. Yeah. With P90s. Freaking oh, nice. in ears back in. I keep no thinking worries. I'm going to stand up and totally clothesline myself, <laughs> trying to get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one. So is this the same process on this one, Dave? Uh, yeah, but that one might have been a little bit older. We might have okay. kind of perfected it a bit more um, okay. over over time. Uh, gotcha. That one might feel a little raw, more raw. Yeah, I was gonna say this one feels a lot more kind of raw. And and if it ever if it ever kind of comes up on you a little bit, just uh, just hit it with some steel wool or something or or some sort of you know. Right on. Um, yeah, four just, just knock it down a little bit. Right on. Yeah, this one this one's actually already made it into some some videos, but yeah, I saw that. This one, the thing that I've noticed about it, and there's you know. Obviously, I've I've collected some guitars over the years, but the ones that are actually relic, what I would consider a relic, um, you know, like my Sirs are not relics. Those one is slightly aged, but they're not what I would consider more of a relic. Like yeah. this to me is more of a relic, mm -hmm. and it's I think it's really hard. It's it's one thing to make it look that way, but I remember I sent you a text, Dave, saying this one actually feels like it's been sitting around for, you know, 20 years or so, 30 years. Yeah, that's what the comments most people have on most of their guitars are. Yeah. It looks really right. It feels really right. And it seems like an old guitar. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's it's a good guitar, man. And now these pickups, it's funny, man. I um I think these guys are sitting at just under nine, right? The, uh yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot what they sit at off the top of my head. Yeah, because they I, I I you know I just put an ohm meter on them and I was like, God, because they seem like they're a little bit hotter than that. But they yeah, they they're under nine. Um yeah, they're they just they they have a vintage kind of cool thing to them, but they they seem almost like overwhelmed. But they don't spec out that way when I when I no. looked at you know the uh, the actual album. You might you might you might feel that way about the humbuckers too a little bit, um, meaning overwound meaning like they will seem to sustain well like they're overdriving the amp more. Yeah, they're still, pushing the amp still, harder, but still sound open. Yeah, and like a vintage thing, but just yeah, kind of a weird. Yeah, Dave. I mean, that's actually it. Because I was like, they're so they seem like they're really hot, but they don't have. Once again, what I was talking about, where the dynamics kind of disappear because they're just yeah, clobbering no, no. everything. Um, yeah, there is good guitar, man. That's cool. Yeah, they yeah. they look like great guitars. Yeah. One day I'll yeah, get a left. I'll get a lefty one day. One day. It's dude. It's all you got to do is you take this and you go. Yoink! There you go. I'll do an there Albert you go. King. It's lefty. Yeah, man. Now it's a lefty. See? So easy. I know, I right? I Not. I, <laughs> I wish it was. I know, right? I how, about, how, about, how about the 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 lefty guys that that play the guitar with strung righty? I know. They yeah. play it upside down. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. bunch. That's a whole. First of all, the concept of holding the guitar left-handed for me is like. Uh, no, I can't. Yeah. No, just right. like doesn't work. I sure. can't even. I can't even fret a chord that way. Yeah, right. Like I just it's, just. it's like trying to throw a ball with the other. And hand, then, you know, then to have it strung right, playing it left. Yeah. What the hell? Right. Yeah, it's like <laughs> why, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't understand. Doesn't Doyle Bramhall play it that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doyle. Oh, and Doyle's like Doyle's such a beast. But yeah, the idea of like, oh, okay. Yeah, but he's now, But now, now I'm going to go ahead backwards. and string this this way. Every, everything's backwards. Yeah, now it's all com – yeah, it couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> well, Albert King did that too, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah well, did he? Did well, I think that was just because they, they didn't have – you know, there was no left-hand guitars, and it was like, here's a right-handed guitar, yeah. and we just learned how to play it this way. Yeah, it's gonna make this thing work. I, mean, yeah. I don't think they even realized they could string it the other way. Yeah, yeah. But, Jim, but Jimmy re restrung it. Clearly, Hendrix did. Wait, no, did he? no, he didn't. I don't think he did. No, yeah, he restrung it. He, he had a. He? he took a right-handed guitar and restrung it for lefty. Oh, okay. oh, I guess he did. Yeah, I guess you're right. He did. But I was trying to think of uh, who's another cat that. Play oh. Uh, Oh shoot! One more. Oh, Eric Gales. He just turns him over. Oh man. yes, yes. That's another guy who just turns what a ridiculous him over. guitar player. Oh, he's crazy. Yeah. Oh but my yeah. god. But he's he's like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> like, <ridiculous>. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. he's he's killing. You're he's not learning. Crazy. You're not learning that style in a book. That's just no, no. You just yeah. He's yeah. He's a beast. Just totally yeah, he's a beast. Natural. And then, you know, I remember I remember years ago seeing. Um, before he died, was seeing um, 
um, blind guitar player. Sorry, um, played this way. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Jeff Healy. Yeah, thank Healy. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing him at the Coach House. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Coach House or the Strand, one of the two. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one. And I went to see him. Probably this was probably nineteen. 19- 89, 90 or something, maybe yeah. uh, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, and I'm sitting there watching him. And I'm going, how the heck can he play like that yeah. uh, on his lap like that? And like, yeah. and like ripping. Yeah. Just and, tearing it up. Like, yeah. Like, and in like tune because Ray tearing it up, you know? Right. You know? And it doesn't make sense because you're pushing down on the neck. That's what always baffled me. It's like, well, wait a second. Now you don't have anything really it's like having the guitar in your lap, it's already going to misintonate. You know, you never tune yeah. a guitar sitting on your lap. But yeah, it's like, yeah, he was phenomenal. I have oh, no idea a, how he amazing. did that. It was amazing to see. I remember that fondly as a, as a young kid watching that. Mm-hmm. I also saw Stevie Ray on his last tour, too. Oh, man. With B.B. King opening up. Yeah. I at the Greek Theater. Wow. That's before uh, he picked up with Jeff Beck. Yes, before he picked up with Jeff Beck, and then that was it. That was, yeah. He died. Yeah, uh, they that and it was. Show Clapton, and yeah. It was just yeah. mind blowing. BB King was amazing too, but 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 sure. but watching Stevie really do his thing was like hmm. altering. You know, <laughs> for me, yeah. it was just like, oh god, so good. Yeah. You remember what amps he was playing? Was he playing through the whole like? I don't know. Uh, you know, it, was, it could have been the you know super. Could have been the Dumble. Could have been a Marshall. Could have been. And they had a few things that he used. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Viberverb cool. and like it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he's playing through. <laughs> just crank it up and uh, Bruce Eggnator had the. Remember the Bruce Eggnator story? Yeah, we had. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was like he was telling the story. I had to go service uh, Stevie Ray's amp at in Michigan, um, and uh, so it was, uh, you know, the tech had told him it was a, a Dumble steel string singer and some Fender amps and stuff. And he goes, "Okay, well, I don't know anything about the Dumble steel string singer. I don't know what's in it. I don't know what to bring. I don't know anything." So he goes. So I had the phone number for Alexander Dumble, and so I just called him, <laughs> and 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 he answered, and wow. I go, hey, I'm Bruce. I'm gonna go service Stevie Ray's steel string singer. I just want to know what, what you know, what I'm gonna see. What what do I need to bring, just in case, you know? So I have what I need. And Dumble's like, well, basically the the steel string singer, the power section is an SVT. Uh, Ampeg SVT. Wow. And the front end's different. Okay, cool. Well, I'm really familiar with SVTs, so no problem. He goes down. He goes down and services. Uh, he goes down and talks to the tech. He's at the the venue, you know, and he goes, "Yeah, so you know, there's this amp." And and when Bruce looked at it, the steel string singer, he goes, "Literally, the power section was the power section out of an SVT." Wow! They, like literally, the the whole power <laughs> section, which is in two pieces in an SVT, uh, it, the power section itself, it was the real Ampeg SVT. So he goes, "Well, I knew how to service that. That wasn't a problem. I 
done a million services mm -hmm. on SVTs. And then the other thing he's like, you know, the other fenders and stuff were real simple things. He goes, okay, so he sets this one fender like this, see, and 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 he, all the knobs on ten, like bass, treble, everything on ten. Yeah. Okay, and now listen to this. Okay, now this other one here. Listen to this. See how this one has more bass? He goes, can you make this one sound like that one? Oh, gosh. And Bruce is like, we'll just turn the bass knob down. He goes, no, 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 no. He's got to see it on 10. <laughs> I already know what happened. <laughs> go, go watch the Bruce Eggnetter episode, and you will see exactly what he said exactly. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. And, and, and he goes, okay. So he, like, changed one coupling cap or something mm -hmm. so he could turn it on 10 so it basically sounded like the other amp. Right. And, and, and like, he, that's what he did, and he, I think he fixed something else, and he left. He never met him or anything. And, wow. <laughs> and, and, I had to be on 10. Had to, had to be on 10. I'd have been worse because I would have just unscrewed the, the knob on the potential. Oh, change it. <laughs> oh, we, we talked about so, that. So yeah, like, no, I think yeah, we did. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, he, I think Bruce said that. Well, why don't I just change the, where the setting is? Right. He's like, no. If he finds out, he'll be pissed. Yeah, he'll kill us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was his his one Stevie Ray story, which was a great one. You know, that is awesome. Yeah, so, and, that's uh, awesome. Oh, but the the thing what he elaborated on is he goes uh, when he got to the tech, he's like, yeah. I know about the steel string singer. I talked to Alexander mm -hmm. and the text, like, what do you mean? <laughs> you oh, I talked to Alexander. <laughs> We've been trying to talk to Alexander for about four months. Yeah. We can never get him. What do you mean <laughs> you talk to him? They were all pissed off. <laughs> it's like, well, I just called him and he answered. That's so awesome. I love it. <laughs> so that was that was great, you know. So, um, Alexander is actually an awesome, awesome guy. I've talked, I've been around him a bunch of times, and right he's a, he's super knowledgeable and a great dude. And mm -hmm. I, everyone has a different story about him, but. Yeah, I have, epic, I, have, I, have, I have good, I have fun stories. So, be yeah. epic to have them on. Fine, you know. I, I know that wouldn't happen. I wonder if that could happen. Shit, that would be crazy. Maybe. That would be insane. Yeah, yeah. people would lose their All minds. Right. I'm going to try to do that. You need yeah. to. I'm going to try to do that. I'm not guaranteeing anything. <laughs> right. Who knows if he has a webcam and all that stuff? You know. No, yeah. I, think, I think he probably does. But. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't even know why he came into the shop, but I, I was just a kid working at a shop called Lab Sound in Van Nuys. So that yep. would have been, I would have been just out of high school. So that would have been, I graduated in 86. I think I was there in 88. And uh, Alex was there for some reason, or Howard. And uh, Wait, did you just turn 50? Yes. I'll be, well, I'll be 50 in August. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm close I'll behind be, you. December. Yeah. Nice. Wow, I'm 50 in September. Because I graduated yeah. in '87, so nice. That's yeah. why I said that. Yeah, uh, but uh, we're all he, the same uh, age. Wow, that's funny. I know, bunch of old farts. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, I don't. I can't remember why he was in there, but it was it was really brief. But yeah, he seemed like a nice dude. 
No, he's, he's really nice. They were super knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than people I'd maybe even give him credit for. Um, very into amps and things and wh whether or not you like his sound or not, that's a whole different story, but, yeah. but, but he loves to test everything and yeah, try measurements on stuff. And like he, I remember him telling me what Stevie Ray Vaughan's pickups were. Wow. Like what they read. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's so funny with the Dumble thing because I, and it was back then that I, well, I've played a few, but it was, it was back then when I played them. And I remember plugging into one, a customer brought one in and it was back when they could still be had for maybe three, four grand. Um, Don't you wish you bought them? Mm. Oh God. Yeah. And he like brought in more, <laughs> <laughs> but even back Five, then, it was 10? Like, yeah, <laughs> 20, but I mean, back then, even then it was a lot of money, but I just remember a customer brought it in and I felt horrible about saying what I said, but I plugged into it and I was like, God, this thing is really nice. It is really nice, but what if I took this tube screamer and plugged it into this Mark II C? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, that's what it sounds like to me. And I think I heard like a toilet flush and like some. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's like I, I thought it sounded great. I you know I was like, this is obviously a great amp, but I just and um, I, for me, I was like, yeah, it's that. There's another great amp out yeah. there you know and that's that's really and so for me it's like as awesome as these dumbbells are i i don't know you know i and then what here's what really interests me is I, I, all these guys are on the quest to have the perfect dumbbell pedal or the perfect dumbbell cl clone and the thing is is i would say 98 percent of them have never plugged into an actual dumbbell no, and the other the other thing yeah. is um, the other problem is is that every single dumbbell was different. Exactly. So and, and they were tweaked exactly. for the individuals. Right. So what's the bottom. target? What's the target? Right? There is no target. Just right. like, there was no target. It's a relative, relative sort of. Um, one of the best ones I ever heard. I never. The overdrive character, the clean sounds of dumbbells were always amazing. Mm -hmm. The overdrive character for me personally, for what I like, didn't work. Yeah, um, I know what you uh, mean. I, I, I'm a Marshall guy, and, and, and mm -hmm. I was always like, a, you know, the British Marshall sort of guy. Mm -hmm. um, and so the dumbbells, nothing like that at all. No. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I do have to say, I've heard a couple mm -hmm. that were quite good. One yeah. was uh, Steve Ferris had one. Oh, nice! That was an amazing dumble. Yeah, I don't know if he still has it. I don't know if he sold it. I have no idea, but it was an amazing sounding dumble. Uh, mm. Unlike most of them I've heard, I actually liked the Overdrive channel. Wow! On that on that amp, um, I think it was just tweaked for him. Yeah, and he was kind of like a Marshall guy. He liked Marshalls and stuff too. So maybe yeah. that was just kind of. Tweaked well, a little bit more for his liking, you know. But even the whole ultraphonics thing, kind of the same deal. I mean, every you know, you're trying to go for the ultraphonic. Well, but there were so many different ultraphonics modded fenders. So right. Which one was it? Was it a Bandmaster? Was it a Vibrolux? Was it a Vibroverb? Was it a concert? Well, now, so even now, you know. Now his his Fender mods that he did, mm -hmm. I generally really like generally. Yeah, I have a few clients that had a twin that was modified by him, mm -hmm. um, and it would just go from clean to a beautiful breakup. Yeah, like it, like 
amazingly cool breakup, like uh, mm. unlike a twin would ever get. It wouldn't, it wouldn't right. happen. Um, so a lot of those modded fenders that he did a little bit later, mm-hmm. I've heard that were just amazing. Yeah. I have a couple clients that have them. I'm like going, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it comes back around to the whole personalized amp thing. Because yeah, once exactly. again, the other guy's just taking an amp to him saying, make it sound great. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, it, but it wasn't a static thing that happened every single time on every single amp. It was just kind of his tweaks, you know? Right, right. You know? Now, Synergy's coming out with a, a, a Dumbo-esque type of thing, right? Yes. The ODS, right? The ODS, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You, you, did you, you do a video on it? No? No, not as Have yet. Have you yet? Mm-mm. Pretty cool. Nice, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I did, uh, I think, a 11 of those. Of <laughs> I did uh, ele- the 11 when they first came out. Avi had me do 11. It was 11 modules. Wow. Yeah. 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 And yeah, they're all they're all really good. They are. Really good. Well, I haven't tried them all, but the ones that I have tried are great. Yeah. Yeah, you got your – oh, yeah, it's back there. Yep. My favorite is the uh, Saldano. That's a lot. Saldano was good. Speaking of Saldano, okay, so Uh-oh. I'm going <laughs> to – should, should I not bring this up? Oh, go ahead. Okay, so there was this rumor on the gear page. and I Go saw, ahead. I'll have you killed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> God forbid you bring this up. Uh, that Saldano was potentially joining uh, boutique camps. Okay, now with that, I'm gonna go pour some more bourbon. Yeah, pour some more bourbon. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna not confirm or deny that um, allegation. Okay, that's cool. We don't have to answer that. Um, (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, no, I was just curious because there was there was some speculation Uh, going around the uh, the web. Could be. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, when you can talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, so there was a question. I know uh, Sean can't answer this, but um, so did you see anything new at NAM that was really cool? Um, you know, you know what was really, you know what I'm going to go out there and say what was pretty nice sounding was the. Uh, you know, Third Power actually has a new amp, kitchen sink amp. Ooh, I've heard we were just talking that about that. How was and, that? Uh, and you know what? Uh, it, from what I've seen of it, it sounded pretty cool. Um, nice. I've known, well, okay, I've known Delana, or yeah. well, and former Jamie, yeah, for yeah. a long time. Um, when he, when he, or and now she, uh, first started. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I think th- the Sam sounded really cool, man. I saw a video of it. Hey, I'm gonna go on and say say it sounded good. It sounded cool. What's I it mean, based? I think that, what are they based on? Then? I mean, it had the little box, had a little Fender, had a little Marshall kind of thing going on. Oh, uh, I thought it was pretty clearly. cool, you know. And uh, I talked to her at the show a little bit. Um. And, um, you know, 
uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll address this now. Um, how would you guys out there that watch this show all the time feel about having her on? Oh, you got to do that, man. Um, I, I'm into I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm into it personally, uh, honestly. Uh, um, I just, everyone's got to be a good boy, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to deal with any of this, this crap out there, you know? So, you know, I think, I think everyone has a right to what they believe in or what they, how they feel. And I think if she is happy in the way she is now, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm standing with you on that one. Um, we're getting a lot of yeses. I hope, I hope, I hope guys that if we do choose to do this, that you will not um, give any crap yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah immature. Um, that would be heartbreaking. Uh, she's that, she's that, that's, hard, that's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, breaking. And and, and I've, like I said, I've known. I'm going to say her, him, yeah. for a long time, and um, and a good friend of mine used to play in a band with uh, with him at the time. Uh, and, and, and I, I, I think it's, it's heartbreaking if someone feels the way they do, that they have to live yeah. within, within their, you know, because of what people think. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, and, I mean, I, and I, I think, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, I, I talked to her about this for a while uh at the, at the show hmm. and um i had a frank discussion with her about it mm-hmm. and i felt uh i'm compelled to say you know i'm i'm very pro whatever makes anyone happy yeah and uh, in Absolutely. life and i think they should live their life how they want to live it mm-hmm. and ir- regardless of how i feel or don't feel or anything um, and I, I would like to hope in this world that people can be um, uh, how, how do I want to say it that be, be, be respectful yeah. of, of people's choices yeah and, I, um, I agree Dave and, 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 and I hope that if we choose to do this and have her on, I hope everyone's supportive of us of doing this. Yeah. Um, she, and I, I mean, and I hope, I hope when we do it, that Sean, you come on and, you know, just would, people come on. I'd, I'd and love like, to. Yeah. I'd love to, you know, because, because, you know, I, I don't, I have no idea what it's like to be, be him or her. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's like to feel that way. Uh, but but I'm 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 really pro person, you know, like yeah. pro the person. Right. And, whatever makes and, you happy. And, and, and I think yeah. whatever makes you happy is is how you should be. Yeah, and, it's um, like I, I I you know what what breaks my heart is is what's great is that she's happy. Yes. You know, so for me, it's like okay, she's happy. It, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. I can't. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like, who am I to tell someone who they can love and who they can't love? Yeah. Who, no. who am I to tell somebody who they can be and who they can't be? So, yeah, I, I talked to Jamie. 
And then when she was she, then that's that was it Delana. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it for me, it's like, yeah, I don't care. So as, if you're happy and, and at the end of the day, that's it. I, it's not it's not my job to try to figure out and judge and and you know what I guess what it boils down to is I'm because I, I it's it's really sad man but I I grew up you know in an, uh, a generation that was it's always us versus them and I'm I'm so sick and tired of that crap yeah. just you want to know what what'll work just love on people man. Stop judging. Stop pushing your values. Stop being, uh, you know, unaccepting of their values. You can find, you can find a medium ground. I, this black and white us versus them all the time. I'm right. You're wrong. Religion's right. You know, all this. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I guess I, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 now and I'm just tired of it. It yeah. doesn't, I haven't seen anything good come from it other than strife and heartbreak. Mm. So, so she's a perfect example mm. and, and things like that are really close to home for me now. So she said something to me that was, um, um, you know, in her struggle or his, his struggle originally, her struggle later, um, she said that essentially it was down to either doing this or killing myself. Yeah. And I, come on. Come on. No one should be in that position. Mm-hmm. We've had enough deaths yeah. and people killing themselves in this last year oh um, to uh, really rethink, you know, you have yeah. to have an open mind and just yeah. – you know what? It doesn't affect your life. It only mm-hmm. affects her life. So yeah. if if you if you don't have an open mind with this, then just yeah. keep it yourself. Well, we're just and, we're just trying then, to put an open form to amp builders out there yeah. and amp yeah. builders and or musicians or anyone. Mm-hmm. And and I'm trying to be uh, um. I'm open-minded to this. This is yeah. not. This is not an issue. Yeah, I, I don't have. An, I don't have an issue with this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, I. and I hope. I hope everyone that watches this show doesn't have an issue, yeah. because if you do, you're not really looking at things very well. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean to preach, but you know, you're just no. not. It's the the us uh, versus them thing. Like, it, again, it doesn't work. Anymore. We got it. We got enough problems going on right now, you know, and uh, <laughs> um, we won't get into that. But uh, uh, oh God, come on, there's people. Yeah. No, there's get her. People. Get her on the show, you guys. Yeah, and you know she could play, man. Yeah. Oh, she well, play. yeah. She can. Yeah, that's yeah. a thing, and and you know uh, she builds great stuff. You yeah, know, I, 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 haven't, like, I haven't heard any of the ants, but I, I was watching. I follow them on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a couple clips. I'm like, shit, man, she's ripping. Yeah, she's not messing around. So yeah, yeah I I sign me up, man. I'll, I'll cool. come in for sure. There, you know what? I think Dave. I, I, I have to. I have to. If I could tell you something later, but uh, George Metropolis sent me something. 
I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> George oh, is always pushing the envelope. George, I, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. We got to have George oh back God. on. We have to have another episode with George. Oh, speaking George. speaking of another titan of amp building, I, I was just talking to Mark about that. Like, you know, I, I've got Bruce Agnators. I've got his student model amp sitting here in the corner. I don't know if you guys can see it, but I need to do a demo of that. But, oh man. yeah, he did like did a little. Uh, he sent you one to to yeah to yeah oh, that's cool. I, yeah. I need to talk with him about what type of demo he wants me to do, but. I'm just, you know, it got me thinking. It's like, man, you know, guys like Bruce, of course, you, David, uh, George, uh, Mike, uh, you know, uh, Reinhardt. There's, I mean, you've got some like titans mm-hmm. out there that are just insanely good builders. And and Bruce is one of those guys. It's like I, I plugged that in just to check it out real quick. And I was like, what is this thing? It's got six V6s in it, but it looks like it's kind of a plexi thing. And I plugged it in and I was like, good Lord, this thing sounds great. And you get to build this. Not only do you get to, you know, have a really great sounding app, but you built it and now you know how to make it the way you want it. If you want to do a little tweak, guess what? Yeah, 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 sure. You know how to do it, man. Yeah, you know, I showed showed up, I showed up, I was in Michigan one time and I showed up to his class once mm -hmm. uh, and uh, recently and, 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 I just came to say hi and just wanted to see what was going on. And, you know, he had like six guys in there, something like that. And, yeah. And, um, you know, I, 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 the one, one, one guy there that I've become friends with, uh, was, uh, he's, he's like, well, what could I, could I change this into something else? Could I do something yeah. tweak it? And mm-hmm. I go, he goes, how about a dirty Shirley? Could I change it into that? I go, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and he goes, well, what what should I do? And he handed me the schematic, and I just wrote it. I wrote it in for him by hand, and nice. he's like, oh. yeah. yeah, great. You know, yeah. it wasn't that many changes. It was like not that far off in the signal path wise. You know, just sure. a few little things, little tweaks here and there. Yeah. And it was like, he was like, oh my god, that's great. But it's so cool. But that's Vinny, that's Vinny Moretti, yeah. he's he's generally on here, but I don't think he's on here this time. Yeah. Uh, but- but that's the thing. It's like I mean, you literally, um, are, you're hanging out with a, one of the titans, and he's showing you how to build an amp. Like that's yeah. that's I think that's it's worth cool, every penny. <laughs> it's a cool, uh, cool little class, you know, that mm-hmm. you can take and you get an amp out of it. So mm-hmm. you really you're buying an amp, you know, but you're yeah. you're going for the experience, but you're buying an amp. You're mm-hmm. buying an amp for not that really that much money. It's no, like twelve hundred really bucks or something, or I'm not yeah. sure what it is exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, like one is like one amp problem, is the twenty watt is twelve, and I think the other one's fifteen. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, you're going. Yeah, I think the one I have is the it's the twenty two watt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I was like, yeah, that's it, that. I wouldn't consider that cheap. But dude, you just built a freaking amp yourself. Right. <laughs> yourself. You got a whole and amp, you know. And now you know how to fix all kinds of stuff. You understand how the circuit. I, yeah. It's like I would love to do that. All I know how to do is turn them on and hit the standby switch. Well, there you go. You need to take a class. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I need to take. I want to take. The, I told Bruce I'll take the class one of these days. Yeah. Um, hey, but, I'll uh, be right back, guys. Hold on. Right. Okay. Yeah, I got to fix my hat here. But the the thing with. Uh, uh, I, I mean, full the, hat, full on hat head. 
Well, the thing with Bruce, too, is he's such a nice guy. I mean, just chatting with him on the phone. Oh, Bruce is great. He's just dude, and he just refuses compliments. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm talking to Bruce Eggnator. And he's like, whatever, man. It's yeah, like- yeah, he's not, he is not about that at all. He's just like, no. yeah, no. There, were, there, were, there were a lot of people who were like, you're Bruce yeah. Eggnator? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's really cool. Very cool but guy. It's just, that's the thing, though. It's like I'm learning there's just so much... Uh, talent out there um well it, i mean even get, like guitar builders you know like you know uh, of course grover's a titan but even guys like uh, this guitar back here this little um this guy this one's built by kevin proctor and he's got a company called iconic guitars hmm. and they just sent this out it's like a jazz master and and it's like wait man Jeez, you know, there's just so much, you know, I, I'd never heard of these guitars and I, I picked it up out of the case and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It's, you know, there's just, there's so much talent out there, you know, it's, it's like, wow. Hey, what do you got there? Uh, Jazzmaster. It's ah. built by, uh, this guy, uh, Kevin Proctor. He's got a, his company's called Iconic out of San Diego. Oh. There's another one I'll be demoing. Um, I was really impressed. Mm. Um, it's, it's a really lovingly built guitar, but that's why I was just telling Mark, Dave, it's like, there's just so much, you know, you've got all these Titans of the industry. You got John Sir and LSL and Callings and, and, you know, Grover and, you know, there's all these cats. And then there's guys you haven't even heard of. Yeah, sure. That, yeah. you know, and, and his background is uh, motorcycles. Oh, wow. he, he builds killer motorcycles. So when, when I look at the guitar, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's 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 running like a like a hot rod. Um, yeah. You ever try? You ever play one of those Macmull guitars? I haven't. But you've heard. Oh, that's one Pete has, right? Yeah, yeah, the one Pete got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was curious about that. Yeah. No, I haven't played any of those yet. I mean, uh, there's you know, that's the thing. It's like there's just so many uh, builders out there, and and oh yeah. It's, it's but it's 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 interesting for me because you know it's like yeah i've 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 got a collection of guitars but uh, you know what people don't realize is i you know i've i've been playing for as a pro for 35 years <laughs> you wow. know and you know and then i played with with carrie obviously for 11 years so you end up um acquiring quite a few instruments either through having the means to buy them or you're you're endorsed um but the the one thing i always try to tell people um is i don't i'm not one of those especially when it comes to like my prs guitars um people think oh man you just collected a bunch of guitars if they offered them to you you took them you know it's like no actually i'm not i am so not that guy um i i I just don't have any interest in collecting guitars i'm not going to play you know, um, so for me, it's like if it's the right guitar, that's why I have it. And I think Pat Metheny said it once, and and I really agreed. It's like guitars at the end of the day are basically screwdrivers, yeah. uh, especially for a guy like me, because I, you know, I grew up kind of doing sessions, and so for me, it's like it's got to be the right tool to fit mm-hmm. the right part. And that's the thing. It's you know, it's you know, like this guitar. It's a tell yeah, like P90s. It's like, like you, 
told me when you when you wanted that it was like yeah yeah well it's like i don't have something like this you don't have anything with p90s mm -mm. right yeah um, and then even with this guitar it's kind of we're kind of going back and forth about it but like this guy this has got like super super low output lowers in it like yeah. way low output lowers and it's a jazz master so you got all those kind of sympathetics that happen on a jazz master mm -hmm. i do not have a guitar like this so it's one of those things where it's like yeah let's let's discuss something and see if maybe we can work something out but i never just you know i because i even with prs guitars it's like there were a lot of guitars that they showed me that i could have just kept but right. it was like no that that's not a fit and i'll be honest with you the first guitar that hooked me i'm a dave grissom fan i was like wait a second you guys have a model that dave grissom signed off on let me yeah. check that out and I played that, and I was like, okay, that, that's a fit. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. And then any other one I have, uh, even the kind of the root bear one back there, that's a McCarty kind of Les Paul thing. And that's the thing. It's like I don't own a Gibson, and uh, God's honest truth right now, unless it's an old one, I don't want one. Because yeah. <laughs> right. they're right. just, you know, not so much. But that thing, that's my Gibson Les Paul. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. It's like I guitars have to they have to fit a purpose for me or, I, you know, I don't really, you know, I don't really need like I've got one Stratocaster that has three single coils. I don't have any reason to have another Stratocaster that has three single coils. Right. It. And it's the same thing. I've got my Sir guitar single, single hum. I've got no reason to have another guitar that's got single, single hums in it. And I was I was talking to another builder the other day. I, Unless I was, it was like, better. But that's here, that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Here's here's where I guess I'm weird. Is for me, it's like like say I fall in love with this guitar, or I fell in love with my Stratocaster. It's like I love this guitar, and then all of a sudden there's a guitar that I play that I pick up, and it's like okay, now I don't love the guitar I loved for years. And so for me, that's always been so weird. It's like just because I played a different Strat with three single coils in it now, I don't love the one that I've had for years. You know, <laughs> so that's the thing. That's the only thing that ever trips me out. It's like once I settle on a well, Strat, that's my Strat. And, and, yeah, and was, and but even if somebody could. hands me one that that technically maybe is Blows better, I, for me, it, it's still the mentality I have is like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why? Now all of a sudden you don't like that guitar you've had forever. So for me, you can like them both. You can like them both. I don't know, man. It's like the, here. I, here's the only reason I've had. Okay, I've got two Grissoms. The only reason I have two Grissoms is because I was playing with Carrie Underwood and would have to do changes instantaneous. So one guitar has got to be drop D with a floating yeah. trim, and the other one's got to be standard. That's the only reason I have two of the same guitars. But for me, it's like I've got an LSL with three single coils in it. If someone, okay, here's where I'll here's where I'll trade that guitar. If someone hands me a '63 Strat and says I'll trade you straight across for your LSL, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, let's talk. But otherwise, it's like I, you know, it's people have literally like we want to send you a three single coil Strat. It's like, well, I, I won't. I've got one. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love it. 
you know, and it's the same thing. We want to send you a single, single hum. Well, I've, I've got one and I love it. Or even my other LSL, a single, single yeah, filter. We, we, we probably sent you one to test though. <laughs> but that's you know that's I, don't, I don't know what guitars did we send you i don't even know no uh they're all the two humbuckers uh like that one just different woods what really they're all the callies yeah oh yeah they're all two they're humbucker all guitars. guitars they're all the same exact guitars just different woods yeah different neck woods different bodies oh like, okay yes. so, well i think that's i think that was the point was to kind of show the differences in the tone woods, the neck woods. Oh, okay, the, for, yeah. the, for the Cali video, then yeah. I imagine you're going to get some more. Well, awesome, man. I, you know, but I, so. but it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just a weirdo that way. It's like, I, I've got a strat. I like that strat. Yeah. So, well, I imagine yeah. you're going to get a vintage S guitar. I imagine you're going to get a a, uh, a Metro D guitar for sure. The set neck. Nice. Yeah, those are pretty. I yeah. Mean, but it's so funny because even with that, um, you know, I've been approached about, you know, acquiring um, a set neck guitar. But it was the same thing. It's like, well, I've got set neck guitars that I really like. I don't really need another set neck guitar. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, yeah, it's, no, I'm like, it's weird that way. It's like. I don't, I don't, you know, drop off of something just because I played something else. It's, it's like leaving your wife. It's just weird to me. It's like, well, all of a sudden you don't love that guitar. That's strange. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've got like four Wolfgang. They're all like same guitar. Like, well, I'll switch okay. it off. I'll tune I, one to, you know, E flat. I'll tune, you know. Right. Well, see, I gotta be careful, man, because I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm being judgmental. That it's just my mentality because. No, that's cool. The, on the other side of that coin is maybe you didn't dig the guitar you had. But for me, having played for the last gazillion years, mm -hmm. I, I can't fool myself. I'm like, no, but you did. You do love that LSL three single coil Strat. Mm -hmm. So why are you being so weird just because you played one that's a little different or a different color? So that's just me. But, you know, other other guys, man, they love to switch up guitars. They love to switch up amps and you know, that's yeah. great too, you know, but my mentality is like, uh, you know, I've, I've, you found if it? it's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. If it's something, you know, I, like right now I would, I need to hunt down like an old baritone guitar, an old school baritone guitar, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's my kind of weird thing. Now, if you want to get into vintage guitars, but even that would be the same thing. If I've got a 63 Strat, I don't need 10 63 Strats. <laughs> I just want the one. I have yeah. a bunch of clients that actually like they get one sixty three strat and then they find the better strat vintage oh, yeah. strat and oh, then sure. they find the better vintage strat yeah. and they eventually whittle it down to an amazing vintage strat. <laughs> right, and, and and you know, and well, and once again, that mentality is great because I, I yeah, I've got a buddy that has done that, and and he has literally whittled it down to the finest vintage specimens of. A lot yeah. of different eras of Strats, Tellys, Les Pauls, 335s, Firebirds, and it's like that mentality. I I totally get it, man. And like I said, I I feel to, I I hope I haven't offended anybody. It's just for me, that's my thing. It's like once I've settled on a guitar, it's like I've already got that. So I you know I don't need another one. You know, yeah. and I, and I'm not going to switch. You know, that yeah, makes sense. Keeps keeps more money in your pocket. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, know, man. 
I've got a, uh, I've have, I have an obsession, <laughs> which is a, a bit, a bit stupid because I'm not a touring musician or anything like that. So, <laughs> well, but that's the thing, you know. It's so funny because guys will get in touch with, you know, because I do the YouTube, you know, influencer stuff now, and guys will reach out to me and they'll be like, oh, I'm not really a player, or I'm not, but it's like, or I'm not on a big tour. But and for me, it's like, who cares if you can appreciate. If you can look at a guitar and literally understand and appreciate what goes into building the instrument or the amp or even the pedal, whatever it is, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a virtuoso. You don't have to be on some major tour. It's all about these are works of art. You know, amplifiers to me are works of art, acoustic guitars, even stomp boxes. It's like these are all like works of art and the fact that you can appreciate what goes into them and what comes out of them. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. That's I agree. Sign me up, man. I think it's great. You know, I agree. I mean, how many guys own like Lamborghinis that have no idea, <laughs> but they love the car. It's like, right. it's, they just, they didn't build it. They couldn't build one. They don't, they don't race. They've right. never they been on a track. If, if they, no. if they, tried yeah they wouldn't know how to stop that thing on a track to save their life but they do get the art that goes into that car it's like yeah more power to you go for it i would i don't know anything about a ferrari i'd love to have one (laughs) no no doubt yeah i'd crash that thing on a track in a heartbeat who cares i'd love to have one (laughs) as long as i don't crash speaking of ferraris i saw a great um wait let me look up what that was a great movie on the airplane uh ferrari something uh hang on let me look it up so i can actually eloquently tell you (laughs) ferrari race to immortality oh so it's a it's a movie that sounds provocative uh uh, uh, well yeah or race to death is really more (laughs) what it's about so it's um it's a movie. I think they have it on iTunes now, and it's about the f- late '50s era Ferrari racing team and wow. er- that era of uh, the cl- that 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 uh, crazy era of racing. You know, mm-hmm. where they're basically rock stars or the the drivers and 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 uh, you know racing in the most dangerous cars in the world and. Um, I saw it in the airplane on the way back, right? But but for wow. anyone who kind of likes stuff like this, this is like a kind of a documentary drama kind of thing hmm. that 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 just talks about the whole uh, era of that racing and how the whole team essentially died. Good lord! Uh, and wait, what was this on, Dave? It's a Ferrari Race to Immortality. So it was on the airplane when I was coming back, right? It was on the movies, right? Oh, okay. so I, I think it's on. I think. It's on. Uh, you can look it up, but I think it's on iTunes, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, because I love that kind of stuff. Or Netflix if you like that kind of documentary sort of thing about like uh, stuff like that, oh my god, this was this was this was incredible to watch. Uh, nice. But the 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 actual like, I mean, this was the most dangerous at that time, the most dangerous sport in the world. Wow, uh, I mean, like the the death and mayhem that happened, and, and there's original footage and talking to people, and and they really did it really well the way they mm-hmm. they they presented this. Yeah. Um, so it's a really cool, cool movie, yeah. especially if you're 
into it, that era of cars or anything like that, you know. So, but it's shot more like a documentary kind of thing. It's shot more like a documentary nice. kind of uh, uh, kind of thing, or, or or telling a story, you know, like a mm-hmm. docudrama mm-hmm. sort of sort of thing. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, I but it's real, real footage. It's real yeah. footage and telling the stories, and people are taught. You know, there's original interviews with. That some of the people that are still ex- that still existed at the time or still exist now that were alive still, and then wow. telling about you know the the wives that you know their drivers died and the girlfriends and the uh, the yeah. wow. and um, the way they tell the story and the and they just go really cool. Yeah, Do they get into like the technology great. of the engines and stuff like that? They 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 don't go deep into that, but they you know. But at the time, it's more of a you know the fifties era Ferrari dominating racing, mm-hmm. the Playboy drivers, and you know the the it, it was a very cool era of uh, of racing, but also the most dangerous era of racing that ever existed. Yeah. Uh, so. That's so uh, cool, cool. Cool show. Cool. Really cool yeah. show. I'll check it yeah, out. I love it. Uh, yeah, I got to check know. that out for sure. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, you'll totally be like, you know, just have a, have a cocktail, sit there and just like, and literally a couple of the, couple of the scenes where they actually are showing real footage of mm-hmm. like accidents and stuff where you're just like, oh, oh yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah, because I mean now nowadays you watch like an IndyCar crash or a NASCAR crash. I mean it's 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 bad, but when you think about the amount of safety, for the most yeah. part, these guys will walk away from these horrific accidents. So, accidents, but back then, yeah. not no, so much. You look you look <laughs> at these cars back then. These are Formula One cars, right? And mm-hmm. so they're like this little small body car with a little cockpit, you know, for mm-hmm. for the driver with no roll bar yeah. whatsoever. And and basically the cars basically if they crash exploded. Yeah, yeah. It was so, so the drivers the drivers decided that they would prefer not to be strapped in because they have a better chance wow. of being thrown from the car and surviving than than being flipped upside <laughs> down and the car exploding and then burning to death. See, that's why I don't play slide so, guitar right there. So. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they said that right in the movie, and it's like going, "Oh my god!" Wow, that's crazy. I mean, and these and these no people, you know, and they're basically saying it's like, you know, all the girls that would that would be the girlfriends or the the uh, the um, wives or uh, fiancés or something. It's like at any time, your 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 husband or fiance or boyfriend could be dead. Yeah. And and they specifically go for a couple of years of the Ferrari team, uh, specifically like late fifties, like fifty five through fifty, like fifty nine, and 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 fifty five through fifty nine, basically, the whole Ferrari team died. Wow! Like wow. everyone. Or it's almost kind of expected. Like now, if somebody dies in that type of accident, it's like shocking. But I right. guess back then, oh, it was like, well. <laughs> well, no. Not only back. Not only did they die, but when the accidents happened, they took out a horrific number of spectators. Oh. Like literally, car goes yeah. crashing. They say, yeah, we're that's talking like the nets and the ten kids. Ten kids. 
20 adults all injured or dead or, you know, just like crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah just <laughs> Watch the movie. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. It's yeah, really for good sure. I'll, I'll check it out, Dave. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just one of those things you're on the plane. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll watch that. Sure, I'll check that out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going to see tomorrow night, I think? Gotti. Oh. Wait, what? Gotti. Gotti? With John Travolta. Oh, it's Ooh, a, you hear about this? It's about God, uh, John Gotti. It's yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, John Travolta is starring as Gotti, and uh, his wife Kelly Preston plays his wife. And really, huh. yeah, what? Whole, whole I've never story. even heard about this. Yeah, really? No, I didn't know. It's getting it's getting bad reviews. Like it's not getting very oh, good great. reviews. <laughs> but but then again, you know, I I, I don't care. I'm still going to go check it out. All right. So tripped out. Yeah, John Gotti. I mean, that's wow. <laughs> I love that stuff back in the day. Oh yeah, that stuff was crazy. Yeah, and you know, I'm from New York, so yeah. I always found it interesting. Plus, I loved The Sopranos and all that gangster stuff. I mean, yeah. so why not? I don't yeah. know. Do you ever do you ever like that stuff? I yeah, no, I do. And I, it's funny, funny you said that because just the first thing that flashed in my head is. I was dry. I was in Detroit just a minute ago, and I was driving by what used to be the restaurant. Uh, Mac, it used to be Macus Red Fox, where the the where where um, where um, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Jimmy Hoffa went missing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, oh, talk about mafia. That's mafia, yeah. Something, yeah. yeah. Who knows where he ever wound up? Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah God only knows. He's in a cement uh, grave under a building somewhere. Right, yeah. That well, no the, one ever found. Well, there's like the rumor <laughs> that he was like buried in a giant stadium. Who like, knows where he was buried? <laughs> I, I think it would probably have been in Detroit, but uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, who knows? I, I was driving by that the other day. I'm like, going, "Hey, that's where." Yeah. <laughs> one one of the stories that I well, I was watching. Um, I guess because of the Gotti interest now, because of the, the movie that's coming out, they had a documentary about John Gotti Jr. And but they were talking about this one story about how the neighbor, uh, they had a brother. There was a brother that that was killed at a young age. You know, John Gotti had a son. Uh, I forget the guy, the kid's name, but he had died like around 12 years old or something like that was hit by one of the neighbors. Mm -hmm. Imagine being that neighbor, right? I killed John Gotti's son. Um, So literally the like there was like a whole thing, like, you know, the, the, they had the funeral and everything like that a few weeks later, or maybe it was a month later or whatever. the, The neighbor went missing. He was gone. Yikes. Yep. Like I would have moved out the first day. I would have been gone. Like, yeah, man. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's uh, yeah. you don't want to mess with. No. no, 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 no. I would have been gone, long gone. But yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely want to check it out. Um, yeah, someone wrote Giant Stadium. Hoffa goes deep. <laughs> no, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> that, that was funny. Good, good one, Buzz Wilson. I like that. Oh, that was good. 
<laughs> Believe me, that was, that was you know that was that was the big mystery when growing up and you know like being in Detroit when that happened and stuff. And I was like, where did where did it go? Yeah, yeah. Well, he went away. <laughs> way away. He went way away. <laughs> wow. So a Everybody lot of people are again. People are saying Gotti sucked. <laughs> Terrible movie. Do they mean Gandhi or? Was it Gandhi? <laughs> Gandhi? Gandhi. <laughs> zero on Rotten Tomatoes. It's oh, sucked, to put it mildly. Wait. Okay. It has zero on Rotten Tomatoes? Wow, that that's what they wild. say. That's really bad, dude. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's I, would, zero. I wouldn't even bother saying it. Yeah. That might be a straight to DVD. Yeah, I, I don't oh, know, man. Mark. I don't, don't want to hang out zero? for rental or when it comes out on Netflix or something. I got to check that out. Is it really a zero on, on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> because <laughs> then my wife and I are making new plans tomorrow yeah you might want to go see the Incredibles or something <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> that's so funny um, so you know maybe we should get to some questions yeah oh, imagine that <laughs> say say hi to some folks There's, um, I think there's a ton I haven't looked at any of them sorry people yeah I, I would look at them but I don't know how uh, so, Dave, quick, quick, quick question for you, Chris. No, no, no questions for me. I, uh, I, I, I ran out of answers <laughs> at Nam. Uh, I saw. I don't have. I'll I don't have any more answers. I'll, I'll answer them. I'll answer them. I got you. Oh, <laughs> this could be dangerous, Dave. What price? Right. Are, what um, price are the Metro D's going to start at? Yes, thirty-six hundred-ish. <laughs> okay. Um, Thirty six ninety nine, I think, is the standard Metro D. Don't entirely quote me on that, but may, maybe there's one that's thirty four ninety nine that's uh, relict, and then maybe the nicer ones are thirty six ninety nine. Don't quote me on that exactly, but it's around the ballpark of those prices. And Dave, how are those being built? Is it are they kind of is it are they one at a time? What's what's going on with those? Well, they're built at Grover's. They're they're built just like any guitar, but it's a set neck guitar. Mm -hmm. um, the guitar itself it comes in two two ways. Mm -hmm. So when we were first building, and we were like thinking to ourselves, well, we had a prototype of a guitar that was just originally for the shape, mm -hmm. um, uh, and it wasn't really for the body woods it was made out of. Grover just mm -hmm. kind of made it just to get the final shape. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was um, it was alder with a maple top with a mahogany neck. Right on. And we're like, well, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, I just was checking the shape, you know, and just like didn't want to waste the, you know. I'm like, because originally it was supposed to be mahogany back sure. with a yeah. maple top with Which a would be the mahogany. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, let's listen to it. Because this isn't to be a Les Paul replacement. This isn't necessarily a, uh, you know, we're not making a Les Paul. Mm -hmm. We're making a set neck guitar, Friedman set neck guitar. That's, that's a cool set neck guitar. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing in our head. So, you know, you think about all these other companies that are making uh, set neck guitars and new more modern companies like Kiesel and stuff making sure. interesting combinations of wood and different things. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, let's listen to this body wood. Let's mm -hmm. listen to that combination. I, I have no idea what that sounds like. Mm -hmm. And we listened to it and we're like, man, 
That's great. Sounded great. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, sorry I'm had a had a great great tone. What do you laugh at? <laughs> I just read the the review of Gotti. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that basically means go see anything but that. <laughs> it's just one word, and it says <laughs> this is almost like a Spinal Tap. It it says forget about it. Nice. Okay. Now now we're back to that. So now we're, we're back. Sorry. It does no, have but uh, all, the, alder, the alder maple top thing um, with a mahogany neck, though. So that's what threw threw me. Like, okay, what does that sound like? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, and so we tried it, and it's like that sounds really cool. Yeah, really great. It has yeah. a cool punch and a cool yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. We also offer the guitar with a mahogany back, so you have your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but frankly, the the in in not trying to be totally traditional, the mm-hmm. alder with the mahogany neck with the maple cap sounds fantastic. Oh, I bet. Maybe a little more cut, a little punchier. Yeah, yeah because I, I mean, I'm a big fan of alder in general. I know there's been a lot of tone wood arguments, and I'm I'm on the side of the argument that the wood makes a big difference. Oh, it makes a big difference, yeah. and 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 I think alder is a fantastic. What yeah. what I would call. Oh, man. The middle of the road does everything yeah. wood. Right, so yeah, because I mean, with, with Stratocasters, especially for me, I'm an alder strat guy. It needs yeah, to be alder too. because it's, it's got the right mids. And, and depending on what neck wood you use, you can, can kind of augment the top end. If you want, you want it to be a little brighter, then go ahead and go all maple. Uh, if you want it to be a little softer, pick like kind of a softer rosewood mm-hmm. thing on the neck. But alder is one of my very, very favorite tone woods. So when you said yeah. uh, glue on neck with alder maple cap, well, you've got a little more top end with a maple cap, but then you add a mahogany neck with a maple cap on that. That's really interesting. Like, wow, I've never heard that tone. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't know what, what it would be at first. Mm-hmm. And then we, once we heard it, we we're like, well, that's great, and yeah. again, not? we're not making we're not making a Les Paul, yeah. so it yeah. doesn't have to adhere to yeah. the Les Paul rules. Yeah, we're making a great set neck, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then we we also use pure nickel covers on the on on the pickups. Mm-hmm. So we uh, you know if if they're covered, that is, mm-hmm. you order it that way. Pure nickel covers. It comes bound. Um, um, if you get bound, you, you get a bound neck also. Mm-hmm. If you get non-bound, you get a scraped maple binding with a uh, non-bound neck in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's two ways to order it. So one's a little cheaper, one's a little more expensive. Yeah. And, no, uh, that, that sounds great. And that, that in, you know, within that price range, it's like whenever you get into set neck instruments, I, I, to me, I just think it's a different ball game. There's just a well, lot more work. Well, that's the right price range. I mean, like we Absolutely. tried. We honestly tried to keep it as low as we could within mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you get some crazy, crazy top, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like you know, AA plus something, something top, you know, super mm-hmm. special, super delicious top, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, that can potentially run the cost up more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, basically tops are priced all over the map. 
So, sure. you know, like the raw actual maple is priced literally like there's some tops that will be $500 mm-hmm. for the top that you mm-hmm. put on the guitar. And okay. And that's what a you, lot. Oh, absolutely. Lot. You know, yeah. and, and well, so, you know, yeah. and, and basically the wood benders price tops depending on how crazy they are, how, you know, yeah. crazy the flame is or crazy the, the quilt or whatever top you're using. Yeah, and, and they'll and price accordingly. Here you so, go, bend over. So, <laughs> so hardware-wise, um, what are you guys doing on that guitar? Bridge and uh, tailpiece and what have you. It's a, it's a, yeah, tunematic with a stop tailpiece. Uh, I think we're using. I have to double check what we're using. To be honest, I forgot. I forgot what we settled on in the end. We we tried a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, the pickups, if they're covered, are raw nickel covers. Mm-hmm. So if you get your guitar and you go, why are these pickups aged? They're not aged. They're just raw nickel. Yeah. Yeah. Because raw nickel covers are the best sounding covers. Right. Know? So they, they don't they don't have any plating on them. So right. uh, they, they sound better, more transparent. And, mm-hmm. you know, all, all covers will affect the sound of the pickups. Right. But they affect the sound of the pickups the least. Right. Yeah, it's so funny because, uh, you know, for me, for the most part, I prefer, unless it's like a single, single hump Stratocaster or something, I aesthetically, because I'm just a nerd or a weirdo or an idiot, I don't know, but I, I like covered pickups on That's any, fine. Yeah. you know, so, but you have to, you do have to realize that that does make a sonic difference. And if you okay. take those covers off, you will hear a difference, you know, and, and yeah. You know, and like I said, I always kind of giggle when I hear the whole, well, the, on an electric guitar, woods don't matter. It's like, well, wait a second. If you can pick up two Stratocasters that are made by the same company, and let's let's go the same exact neck wood. It's a maple uh, rosewood neck, but one's alder and one's swamp ash. Oh, you can tell the difference. Acoustically, they sound incredibly different. And, and, and you think somehow the pickup, it doesn't translate through a pickup? You got to be kidding me. The pickup steering, no. like if you turn your pick from the sharp side to the dull side, the pickup hears that. So why <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> the pickup here? Uh, I'll even take you one you know? further. If you turn your guitar cable around the different direction, does it sound different? Now, well, maybe you don't know, but you maybe don't want to know. I was going to say, now those guys, like here's the thing. Now here's where I check out, but I, I don't like it. I'm not being offensive. Trust me. But where I check out is, yeah, I don't hear the difference in nine volt batteries. I just don't. But there's cats that have, and I do not doubt it, Eric Johnson, Josh Smith, there's cats that hear the difference between batteries. I don't. That's where I'm just like, nope. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna use batteries. Let's let's just simplify that whole thing. Right, right, exactly. Plug <laughs> in the, the dang DC thing. Yep. But yeah, brick. it's like you can hear. I mean, there's guys that that hear way more than I would ever hear. But the one thing I never do um, with electric guitars, I have not plugged one electric guitar in and had that be the deciding choice or made me decide to get it. If it's there acoustically, I'll change the pickups, man. If it's not there acoustically, pickups ain't gonna help. And that's that's my that's just kind of my thing. I've never plugged in an electric guitar. I play it, and I, does it feel great? Does it ring right? 
if I don't like the pickups, I'll change them. Yeah, know? sure. Sure. And what and that's that's a whole other subject too because I'm a huge uh, Loller pickup fan. Like I love Lollers. Like, but here's the thing. Here's what's so funny. I end up with a set of Lollers if I don't like the pickups that are in the guitar. That doesn't happen very often. But when it does, you know, I don't often drink uh, beer, but when I do. And it's, but, but, but that's it, man. It's like, you know, I, I get lots of calls from guys going, we'd love to have you try our pickups. It's like, yeah, I don't want to. Cause I don't, it's like, I don't want to take the pickups out of any of my guitars. Cause mm-hmm. if I don't like them, that's the only reason I take them out. So like, I think my callings has throwbacks in it. Oh, uh, those are great. All throwbacks are killer. Mm-hmm. And your guitars, like the, the P90 guitar I've got, those pickups don't care. I'm not going to change those. There's lollers in this iconic. Um, you know, there's, uh, T- I think TV Jones Filtertrons and, and those are great guitar. too. Oh, they're killer. So the, but when I do change pickups, if I change pickups, it's always a set of lowers. Like even my, my Sir guitar has the ML, Sir MLs in it. They sound fine. It's got SS, SSD in the back, but if I didn't like those, yeah, I'd have a set of, I'd put in lowers. Mm. Like it's just, and even on a, a two humbucker guitar, like if I had one that I didn't like the humbuckers on. I'd put a set of lollers in. Imperials. Done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, ever try, um, you ever try Lindy Freeland pickups? Oh, yeah. I and Now, here's, oh, God, speaking of ouch. You know, when you're young and you're stupid and you do stupid things, you know, <laughs> the first thing I did was sell a 63 Stratocaster. Oops. The, the second stupid thing, well, that actually, this isn't stupid. I just, you know. Times got really tight, but I had a James Tyler guitar. I had a James, it was a Lake Placid Blue James Tyler with Lindy Fralin Blues Wounds in it. Uh-huh. That guitar was stupid, and those pickups were fabulous. Yeah, Lindsay, like Lindy Fralin pickups are, I shouldn't say the Lindsay. Why am I saying Lindsay? Lindy Fralin pickups are, uh, they're fabulous. They're the shit. Yeah, they, they yeah they're fabulous. Pickups. But here's the thing for me. What got me on the the Lollers was when I played. It was just a set of the. I think it was the uh, just the the blondes, and it was the uh, flat pole piece blondes. And what it was is once again the session player in me. I latched onto those because they sounded vintage, but because they were flat uh, pole piece, I didn't have as many of the issues that you would have with a true true vintage pickup. So you're saying um, like different different volume. Yeah, the you know you've got strings and you got to wrangle them, um, and and then I just kind of started exploring like, well, who is this uh, Jason Lawler and then what's the deal with these pickups, and I just got really hooked on them. But yeah, I mean, there's so many obviously great. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Lindy builds insane stuff. Yeah. You know, David's pickups are really good. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's for me um, if I do tear a, a set of pickups out of a guitar because I don't like them, which isn't that often. I'll always put a set of lollers in. They're fabulous pickups. But like this, well, I mean, perfect example, like this guitar right here, um, I just clothesline myself. I'm like, in airs, and I hate that. But like this guitar has got a set of, um, uh, these are Pete Thorns, actually. These are the Thornbuckers. Are those the uh, regular phone bunkers or the plus? Yeah, uh, no, just the regulars. Yeah, and it's the same thing. I was like, well, you know, I know I'm going to dig this kind of thin line idea, the telly thing. This thing is a, 
I knew like acoustically it would be ridiculous. And I thought, well, if I don't like the pickups, I'll put lowers in it. These pickups are great. They sound really good. They sound like a set of kind of maybe slightly more modern PAFs. Mm. It sounds great. But if I if I didn't like them, yeah, I'd be getting a set of Imperials. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I tried um, bare knuckle, knuckle pickups as well. Oh, bare knuckles are great. Yeah, I've heard, I, I, I have them in uh, Jackson that I have, and they're, they're really good. High output. Yeah, well, I had a, a, a long time ago, I had a Les Paul that I had a set of um, Sheptone pickups put in. Hmm. And those sounded great. They were just barky, kind of angry PAF pickups. They sounded really good. And like I said, if I didn't like them, lowers. Let's put a set of I'm good. <laughs> hey, hey, we got a question for you, Sean, from G-Man Music Productions. He says, Sean, do you use the aux more than your mic cab setup? Oh, yeah, that's a great question because um, that aux, I'm pointing down, I, I'm pointing down here because that's where it is and you guys can't see it. Um, that aux box has been a game changer for me. Um, but uh, here's the deal. Um, I, the only reason I would ever use Okay, so when I was out with Carrie Underwood, I was using fractals. And I'm not saying that fractals are terrible. They're fabulous. But I would way rather play through an amplifier if I can. If I have to play through something else, then yeah, fractals. And I was kind of the same way with any sort of speaker modeling. So I have a used, I bought it used. I had a, a, a two notes a torpedo live. And the, the reason I ended up with that is because I would get in situations, especially with Carrie, back before the fractals where I knew the mic kind of situation was going to be wacky or the cab rental was going to be terrible. And at least I would have a, a simulated speaker that I knew would be consistent. It was a big deal to me. Yeah. So the, the two notes torpedo was kind of uh, the gateway to me being a little bit more open to modeling. Now, when UA reached out to me to demo this thing called Ox, the amp top box, there was a part of me that was skeptical, but there was another part of me that was like, well, wait a second. Speaking of Titans, you've got some of the most gifted guys, you know, coming up with the modeling. I, I would love to check it out. Mm -hmm. So the thing shows up for me to demo. I plug into it and I'm, I'm honestly shocked at how organic it is. Uh, and I hate that word, but sonically it is organic. It's it, and it's the it's the first thing that's really reacted to amplifiers the way it really should, as a load box. Um, so to answer that question, I use the aux box a lot. The time, the only time, so basically, if you see me doing a guitar or a pedal demo, it'll be through the aux. If you see me doing an amp demo, I will still do that through my tried and true cabinets or the cabinet if it's a combo it'll be a combo and that'll be through my uh chandler tg2 with a royer 57 combination because um i i just want to eliminate the variables in the questions uh as far as how that amp sounds and even if they don't send me a specific cabinet they would like me to use then i'll use one of my cabinets because as much as i love the aux i don't like the variable of well is, is there a difference? It's like I still will lean on using cabinets. Now, uh, here's the thing. Here's the difference between the aux 
and my favorite microphones that I've had for years and years and years through my TG2 preamp that I've had forever now, uh, 12 years, air. It, it's, it's boiling down to one of these days, one of these guys is going to come up with the numbers to create the air. And when that happens, it's game over. But I would say I do the majority of uh, my session work now uh, through the aux um, because what's lovely is, um, you know, my, my cab room is literally right. I'm, I'm going to do a video a kind of rundown of my whole studio so people understand. But my cab room is literally right here. It's a walk-in closet that I've insulated and done some work on. But still, when I'm running a 40, 50 to 100 watt amplifier, it's wow. still, it's, yeah, it still rumbles over there. So what happens is I've got to get my studio mains up above that because I hate wearing in-ears. I've got to get my studio mains above that so that I'm hearing the studio mains and not the sympathetics from the cabinet. Because what will happen is I'll think, oh, this sounds glorious. And then I'll listen to the track back and realize, oh, all those awesome sympathetics are not there anymore. And it sounds thin and crappy. So where the aux comes into play in that scenario is I can actually play at reasonable volumes through my studio monitors and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the tracks that I send out are going to sound fabulous. I won't have someone saying, oh, no, hey, man, it sounds really thin or it sounds phasey. It's like, oh, yeah, well, it should because I was trying to monitor at really low levels and I was getting a bunch of sympathetics from the room right next door. So... Yeah, the Oxbox for me um, has literally been a game changer. Now, on that subject, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but on the no. subject of game changers is the Ampete. Uh, I have an 88S. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> here, because here's the deal. I used to, you know, I've got six amps right now that I can choose between. I used to have to get up if I wanted to try a different amp. Audition different. I got to get up. I got to unplug the amp my pedal board was plugged into, plug it into the other amp, unplug the speaker cable that amp was plugged into, plug it into that amp. Now, here's what's killer is I can choose between, right now, the way I have it set up, I can choose between two live cabs, an open back 1x12 or my closed back Bogner cab, or the aux. So I can just by pushing a button, yes. I can do that. And then by just pushing a button, I can choose six different amplifiers. I just turn them all on and I just push the button. And I always tell people, well, it's a little bigger than a bread box, but it's not a fractal. <laughs> and it's just, it's like game changer for me because it's a workflow situation. So when I'm doing a session and I'm like, well, that's not quite it. It's like the last, the thing that'll screw me up the worst is, yeah, I've got that vibe. I've got the part, but then I got to get up and jack around with plugging different cables in and when I sit back down it's like what was I planned what was the part right. now it's like no I just I hit buttons it's instantaneous and the thing with that ampete is no buzz no pops no clicks and no errors if oh. that amp doesn't have a load it will not let me turn it on I right. love that and the other day as a matter of fact I kept stabbing the 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 amp button and then the the cab button going what the hell why is it er and i went and looked in my cab room and sure enough the speaker cable had just been bumped out of the cabinet so the amp was going yeah i know you think it's plugged in but it ain't so we're not going to let you play through the front end of your amp and pop your transformer i was like 
<laughs> that's great yeah so stuff like that i mean the ox is honestly game changer now is it honestly is it is it better than a mic'd up uh cabinet with my in my experience with my setup no but boy is it close it, it's literally coming down to yeah. error yeah, like yeah. just error well yeah well and then there's that you can get into that conversation but but yeah you know it's it's that thing is good now uh, you know the two notes guys i'm sure are gonna start trying to step up their game because that that thing is good but you you're dealing with the difference between an ir and a model a model is this and ir is static this yeah and true. and that's that's where uh yeah, universal yeah, try with the, with the, the ua oh yeah oh god stuff. yeah they've and just murdered really, it like, like it yeah and and then you you can add a little air you can add the rooms in sure and yeah. stuff and 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 then, and, and then well, all of a sudden you, you it's really sort of how you mix it on how much air it's going to have and yeah now now when i do when you guys are you know when people are hearing my pedal demos and things like that what you're hearing is about as close as i can possibly get to my royer 57 setup yeah it's it's dead nuts close and and honestly i don't think anybody out there would know whether i was using the aux or the yeah. mic'd up setup. I know because of the feel and the air, but yeah, yeah, I still use a fifty-seven Royer combo. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Hey, Dave, we got a question for you, Zach Michael. I think you've been waiting for this question. Hey, Dave, how do you add a simple clean to a twenty-two hundred four circuit? He said, splice around the V one A and into V two. I'm poor, or I just have to add it. I'm poor, or I just have well. To I mean, how how do I explain this? I mean, uh, you know, it's it would go, come off. It, it would that. come off V1A. It would come off V1A. It would come out of a coupling cap and go to a volume pot, and then a volume pot to the power amp. If you understand what I just said, then you can do it. So out of, out of the valve one. Right. Yeah. Basically, all all the simple clean is is a first tube stage through a cap into a volume pod. Yeah. With a bright switch across it. Yeah. Straight into the power amp. There's no EQ. There's no yeah. nothing. It's just a, a volume. It's just a one gain stage into the power amp. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very uh, very super stupid simple, but actually re works remarkably well, especially if you just want to add. Kind of a quick clean channel to an amp. Yeah, sure. I've done it for a long time, and people generally. And the interesting thing about that is it it, it doesn't sound too different from the amp. Mm -hmm. It kind of is like, yeah, it's clean. Okay, it's dirty. Yeah, but it sounds like the same amp still. Yeah. It doesn't sound like we're playing a Fender and we're playing a Marshall now. We're it's, it's it's a little more. It doesn't work for everyone, but it works for a lot of people that, that yeah. want it. Yeah, just something I sort of developed early on with mods and stuff because it was a very easy thing to do, mm -hmm. um, and it kind of stuck. Wait, more beer. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sean, we got a, a good comment for you. Quentin James says, "Sean looks like he's 20. Uh, <laughs> I got to get my camera fixed. <laughs> Here, let me move in a little closer. <laughs> That's funny. 
<laughs> that's very he's very that's very sweet of you but i i don't feel like i'm 20. <laughs> yeah um i hear you in my mind i still feel 20 but yeah yeah <laughs> in case anyone's uh, wondering we're drinking a very good allagash belgian ooh. beer nice. Oh, nice um if you haven't paid if you haven't uh, had this it's amazing you're nice. gonna pay a lot of money for it though but wow. uh, nice. but it's well worth it uh, so Belgian, so is it like a unfiltered wheat kind of thing or no Belgian, Belgian beers are a little more, um, well, they're nine to 11% alcohol. So, okay. That's high gravity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. uh, and they're a little more, um, I would say they're on the lighter side, but they have this kind of almost fizzy champagne-ish quality to it. Okay. So this, yeah, it's not like it's not like high. It's not, there's no hops. There's right. Not, well, I mean, there's no heavy hop taste or anything. Okay, so, so, um, so Belgian would be like I'm. Th I'm trying to think. So you ever Stella? had Duval? Yeah, Duval well, or Stella. Have you had right? Duval before? Yeah, I have had Duval. Okay, Duval. Duval's a Belgian, and it's very okay. champagne-like with kind of a head to it. Okay. Um, but there's better tasting ones. The best. I think the best Belgian beers are Allagash is the brewing company. Okay. They make a variety of them ranging in price. Uh, if, the, if it's big bottles like this, ranging in price from $10 to $23 a bottle. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But, but again, it's 11, like this bottle's 11%. So yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. It's, it's like how many four, you know, how many bottles of 4% beer do you drink right. that is crap? Right. <laughs> and um, at least this has a beautiful flavor yeah. and um, it kicks your ass. It, it, well, it kicks your ass, but it, it has a great, you know, it's, it's, I think it's the best Belgian beer out there. This, 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 this brewery. Wow. Check it I've out. had a lot of the European brands and the different things from Belgian, but this is local. This is Portland. Nice. Um, yeah, and they, I, they do it better than almost anyone. And pretty much any beer from the company is good. Wow. So, nice. Hey, Dave, you ever hear of Whiz, pick, whiz Pickups? No. Okay. <laughs> Zach, I, Zach, I asked your question, man. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Sorry um, if I haven't heard of them, but I have no, no, no knowledge. Yeah, that's cool. You know, don't want, we can't know everybody. Um, let's see. I'm looking around. Michael Nielsen's in the chat. Michael Nielsen. What are you Michael. doing, Michael? He's a good dude. He like you. <laughs> <laughs> we like that one. We like him. <laughs> They'll like that. <laughs> John, do you know Michael? You know Michael Nelson? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen, definitely seen him in the chats. And <laughs> yeah, he's in good videos. <laughs> oh, he here we go. G-Man Music Productions. Dave, when are your speakers going to be available? Uh, they are coming out and shipping, uh, shipping actually, at NAM of Winter NAM. So with, with a bunch of new cabinets, too. 
different styles of cabinets and different takes on them. So, okay, good to hear. I don't know exactly what those are yet, but they'll be, they'll be, they'll be out. <laughs> but they We're doing be something cabinets. different. I just have to figure out what that is. I have, I have an idea for one at least. So. Cool. Uh, by the way, we got a lot of yeses for uh, Delana. Is that, is that yes, her name? Yes, yes. No, I think I think that's a go. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate awesome. it for all you guys that support that. That's great. Yeah. Because I think that's what you should do. Yeah. Very cool. So you talk to her. Get her on. Or if you want me to reach out, I can. <laughs> Vinny Moretti. He's here. Hey, Vinny. Hey. The Vin Man. Um, he goes, I love Dave's rational, rationalizations. I'm not the only one who rationalizes my love of, for booze. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Sean maybe is in good company, too. I think he, I think he likes his little uh, his yeah. whiskey there a bit. Well, yeah, I'm such a bourbon guy. Um, bourbon. Yeah, but yeah. So, so, so I had... Um, whether that's bourbon or not, or I, I have no idea. So we're we're at the the, the um, Bar Lines Bar in Nashville, mm -hmm. which is in the Omni Hotel, and um, they have an incredible selection of whiskeys, mm -hmm. huge, massive. So I look at the guy and I go, I'm not really a bourbon guy. I'm not really a rye guy. I, mm -hmm. What if if you out of any of these, what do you like? Mm -hmm. You know, because I was curious, because I'm going to have some. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and he goes, well, if you want to stay local, he goes, uh, I, I really like, and this was his own personal opinion, I really like the Bell Mead mm -hmm. uh, 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 whiskey, which I did have, and which mm -hmm. was which was excellent. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any problems with that. Um, and then he was, there was another rye whiskey he really liked. Um Something West or the High West, something, something double rye. Oh, uh, high, something West, something West. Uh, yeah. They generally yeah. have like four bottles of it and they're different kinds and it's all. Yeah. Same. I'm wondering if that's actually not a rye bourbon. It's I not a rye I, bourbon. I think, isn't Belmead a rye bourbon? Like a mix, a blend or something? Um, no, I think Belmead is straight whiskey. I, yeah, because I mean, I'm trying to remember which rye. It's like I'm such a, a bourbon rye guy. Like lately, the the last rye I got that I really loved was um, well, it's kind of funny. Right down the street from me uh, is a, a liquor store, and I actually help them. If you do it, you know, if you're if if you're a liquor store and you want to actually buy a barrel to sell. <laughs> so in other words, you have like a badge, so you can literally yeah. buy a whole barrel. And every single bottle you sell comes from that barrel. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's it's really cool. And and I go in there enough that they actually let me help them uh, pick the barrel that the the bottles, the badged bottles would come from. And it was from uh, Knob Creek, which is basically, you know, Jim Beam, Booker's, Baker's. Mm -hmm. And uh, I helped them pick out the knob creek 120 barrel and that's what i'm drinking right now and it's it's insanely good um but i also helped them pick out uh, a single barrel uh rye um that is actually 115 now it's called 115 but it's actually proved taller than that 
So the bourbon that, that I'm drinking right now, even though Snob Creek 120, it actually proofs out at about 128. So that's, that's actually the proof of the bourbon. Uh, this rye that I just picked uh, or helped them picked out, pick out is uh, Knob Creek 115, which you won't see. It's pretty kind of rare, but it actually proofed out way taller than that. And for me, it's like whiskeys are smoother, I guess. But I'm, I'm one of those guys. Where I think the reason I like bourbons is because it's the difference between a Merlot and a Cabernet wine. Yeah. Merlot is going to be really smooth and two-dimensional, uh, but a Cabernet is going to be really big and three-dimensional. So when uh, I got I, in, you know, when I got into bourbons, I, I instantly went from 80 proof Woodford, you know, 80, 90 proof Woodford Reserve. I instantly jumped to Booker's Knob Creek. Anything that was 120 and up, that's yeah, what I had to have. Ask him. And, basically. Yeah. And because it's yeah. just, you know, you certainly have to sip it. Um, if you if you're one of those guys that wants to do shots, for God's sakes, don't drink Knob Creek 120. No, <laughs> no, no, it, no, no, no. <laughs> but if you're a guy like me that just likes to to sip, um, yeah, the high gravity. You know, I shouldn't say high gravity because that's more of a beer thing. But but the higher proof uh, bourbons, I really that's my I, thing. I um, forgot what Chris brought already. Oh, he man. Uh, well, I know he likes Woodford. Uh, uh, Pritchard's, I think, is another one he that he have, likes. Might have brought Woodford. Uh, yeah, thing. it would have been Wood, Wood Woodford Reserve. The cheaper, the cheaper. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, was. yeah. Woodford Reserve is fabulous. It's it's a ninety proof, really smooth bourbon. That was pretty good. Oh that yeah, good. yeah. Woodford, well, that's actually the first bourbon I ever had, and then I kind of well, yeah. From there. I'm not totally a bourbon guy, so uh -huh. I was enjoying the Bell Mead though, which was mm -hmm. not exactly bourbon but yeah uh, well whiskey is, is going to be less spicy it's smoother it's it's a lot easier to just drink especially if you're not a bourbon guy you know if, i'm not if, totally if, a bourbon yeah i, I yeah. mean I, I i developed uh i developed my taste for scotch mm -hmm. uh, george metropolis is texting me right now he goes, yeah eagle eagle rare is tough to beat at 25 dollars a bottle good bourbon yeah. sure yeah. well yeah um, well, unfortunately, so, George kind of ruined me on the scotch, and yeah, <laughs> and then I started liking scotch. And, and yes. then Mark, 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 you still have your bottle, don't you? I, I should just ship it to you and have you finish it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, it's funny because like scotch, scotch is an acquired taste because it's it's there's a smokiness, and that boils down. Well, certain scotches are more peaty than others, but like for me, I really love uh, Lagavulin 18. That's my scotch. But oh, that's okay. a that's a pretty peaty kind of smoky. It's it's and then not, you can get in the aisles. You can get in the oh, aisles yeah. scotches too, yeah. which are burnt wood basically. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so a scotch uh, is like scotch gets crazy. Um, I think the first scotch I had was actually uh, the Macallan was the first scotch I had, and I liked that. But then I kind of got into the well, what's more smoky? What's more kind of peaty? Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was out in uh, uh, London, a friend of mine turned me on to like Bolin and mm -hmm. it was a 16. And then I tried the 18 and I was like, done. It's so expensive, obviously. So I, I don't buy it very often because the like Bolin 18 will cost you shoot 130 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, so, it's yeah, so yeah, I, I do the Belvini double wood, which is sitting at a 60 some odd dollars. And yeah. That's, yeah. that's, ex that's a kind of acceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's all George's fault. God damn you. 
Good for uh, you, George. But here, here's the thing: if you're coming to if you're coming to Winter Nam, you're in big trouble. <laughs> yes, because no. we have a we have a bar in our sound room. Oh yeah, see that's going to be problematic. We have a full bar. Nice. Yeah. Generally yeah. stocked with really good tequila and really good scotch, uh, but we could possibly augment that 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 with some other stuff. I'll bring well, yeah, I'll bring you some anyways, man. Well, I, you're Get not going to hear me about tequila or scotch, to be honest with you. But oh, and know, high end, like not not crap. <laughs> no, I know, I, I get you, man. But no, I, I'm I'm really going to try and make uh, the winter nam thing fly. It's like I said, I'm already looking at hotel rooms. I I just want to get out there on my own steam. You know, that's what I was telling Mark. I just want to be able to get out there and 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 make it happen. You know, on my own steam. You know, just show up and I just want to. It's like I yeah, I haven't done an amp show in uh, winter nam, especially. I have. It's been over ten years. And uh, yeah, I just need, I just want to be able to come out and hang and and meet people I've never met. But also, I've got so many friends out in LA I haven't seen in years. I would well, love I to just you, be able to see them. Do it now for your your now your your current career. Yeah, yeah. Because I think networking with the companies that are yeah. supporting you with these videos now is a is a good yeah. is I think a must. Yeah, it's yeah, it's important. I mean, I, one thing I'm learning is that um, you know because I am ridiculously shy by nature so sometimes you know nam shows and things like that are difficult for me because you're on these big floors and you know i did nam shows for years that's why i saw mark but the thing i realized is it's really hard for me because i'm so shy to develop a relationship quick enough where anybody would remember me so the majority of of the relationships i've built with the demo videos that i'm doing now have been based on the fact that i can get on the phone with somebody and have a conversation with them it's not yeah. emails um, yeah, but you know, you've broken the the now, but now you've broken the the, the yeah. you know the ice, so to speak. So now you can go right. talk to them. Yeah, and, just and they're like, hey, we yeah. got these new products. Here you go. Here. Right. So you'd be surprised you get to Winter Nam, and how many people will know who you are? Oh, so. I I guess I will be surprised because so far it's like I it's, I'm still just dude. I'm I'm like this guy from Spring Hill, Tennessee. That you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I uh, you know, I'm always has a lot of reach. You know, yeah, I'm always ridiculously flattered. Um, honestly, that people know who I am. That that do. It's like, wow, really? You know, honestly, it's a, it's a, it is crazy. There's just so many insanely good guitar players out there that you know. So for me, I always just feel like, man, I'm just dude. <laughs> you know, I'm just yep. dude. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's what makes you a nice guy. You're laid back. Uh, Wow. Hey, we actually have a question for you um, from Robert Baker. I think you know who that is. Oh, Robert Baker. What's, what are you doing, Robert? <laughs> hi, Robert. I said hi to you at NAMM. He's a, up, such Robert? a sweetheart, man. He's such a good dude. He, um, he said, Sean, do you have a go-to guitar that you write on most? Uh, no. Um, what I do have are guitars that I would call my uh, – like secret weapon guitars. Um, uh, when it comes to the go-to guitar, like okay, put it this way, if someone sends me a pedal or an amp or whatever, in general, I will say the first guitar I will always pick up is, uh, it's, is it on camera? Uh, you know, barely. You can see the edge of it there. It's my my Sir uh, single, single hum guitar. I, I know those pickups so well 
and how they react. And because I can listen to the pedal with two single coils and a humbucker, I can kind of get an idea instantly of what that pedal is doing based on how well I know that guitar. Mm -hmm. When it comes to writing, um, no, I'll write on whatever I happen to be picking up. But that being said, I do have what I consider uh, secret weapon guitars. So what would be considered a secret weapon guitar would be one of these. Uh, because it's got P90s in it and it's a telly, or something like this, because it's a, it's different. It's got uh, you know this it's a jazz master, it's vintage. Or uh, where is it? Hang on a second. Uh, or something like here. I'll be right back. So Dan Pfeiffer wanted to or this guitar. Oh yes, there we go. Yeah, so same. So with this, what I, the, I wait. What? What am I? This is a it's a Duesenberg uh, Majesto. Oh yeah, okay. And with gold foils, sorta, sorta. There, that's what I thought too. They're they're more P ninety than gold foil, but super cool looking. Oh, it's yeah. killer. But the thing with this guitar is, it's my secret weapon guitars are guitars that I sit down with where I'm like, God, I got nothing for this session. I just I just don't have any ideas. Pick up now, something. I'll pick up. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a second. Okay, right. now I got an idea. So I I have guitars that are like I said, they're kind of my covert. Now they're not secret weapons because I just showed them to everybody. But well, um, it's like it's like if you had a, a Dan Electro guitar, or a silver exactly, guitar. or yeah, baritone it's guitar. Like if some, I pick this up, I'm yeah. gonna do this. Uh, if our six string. Yeah. Old Fender six-string bass guitar, you know those those those, those cool things. Yeah, and, and you'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to do something totally different on this." So this this inspires me to think a different right. way. Right, exactly. And uh, it's it's one of those things where I also want, especially on a session, I I love the question of, "Well, how did you get that sound?" Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's a, kind of the secret weapon guitars, but yeah, writing wise, but you know, all all these guitars are great. So they all in, yeah, inspire it, me. You know, it's it, like. It's all, you know, guys, it's all an interesting, um, like, I, I've been hired for years to do guitar sounds on, on records also, like, in the studio with people. Yeah. And, like, sure. helping them helping them achieve, or with the producer, achieve a guitar tone. Yeah. And, and, and it is what Sean's saying. It's like, well, okay, I want to use, hmm, all right, this telly on this Mm -hmm. On this double, we're going to use the telly through the amp, the, that amp. But on this one, we're going to use like this Q zone pedal. You know, yeah. like I always, I always had. A, there's some secret weapon pedals I had over the years too mm -hmm. that I would use on sessions for people, and uh, it, it was like the Q zone was uh, was such a simple, stupid pedal. Um, but it's a fixed wah filter. If in case you don't know what it is, that sure. you can you can manipulate it, mm -hmm. but so useful in tracking guitars mm -hmm. when you come up to that part and you don't know what to do with this little accent part that you're doing mm -hmm. on top of all these huge guitars yeah and and it has to stand out and it can't yeah. like you you like set it for a frequency and you just dial it in where it's kind of obnoxious almost but mm -hmm. in the track it's not obnoxious yeah. all of a sudden it just pops out and goes oh there we go right there Oh yeah. You well, know, that's the thing. It's like my my like go-to trick, you know, because I call them sound bite tricks. But one of my go-to tricks is uh, prescription electronics, Octavia, 
Oh yeah. Uh, you know, the experience pedal into, yep. uh, you know, any wah pedal. I've got an old, uh, I've got an old full tone Clyde wah. Mm -hmm. You'll set, set that wherever and, and play uh, melodies upper end on a neck position. Mm -hmm. And it's killing. Yeah, yeah, it, sure. It, it it sits in the track. It doesn't get in the way of anything, and it's fixed. And yeah, it's you know session players especially we have to live in sound bites. Yeah. So for me, like even when I look at something like uh, Line Six has got their new kind of version of the M9 and the M13 thing, and I look at that and I'm like, that thing is genius. You want to know why? Because it's right in front of me. It's like I don't have one yet, but I'm gonna yep. get one. I can just go goink. Secret weapon. It just saved right. my butt. Right. Soundbite right. just got fixed, and a lot of, especially in Nashville, a lot of session players. That's the thing. It's like you got to move quick. You got to have that perfect soundbite right away. And yeah, that's that's it. You have certain secret weapon guitars. Well, and, you know. all those. Yeah, all any session guy. Uh, even even in Los Angeles back in the heyday, mm -hmm. uh, I remember you know working for Andy Brower's studio rentals and carting, you know, Steve Lukather's gear around and Dan Hoffs and stuff when I was 18 years old yeah. and uh, to sit them or watch them in the studio for a minute was very interesting. It's like literally like I remember Dan Huff specifically, you know, they, they put up a track and like, they don't know what's supposed to go on it. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. They just go, here's what we got. Yeah. Can you come up with something? Yeah. And to put on here, we we mm -hmm. we know we want guitar. <laughs> and, and, yeah. um, and I would literally watch Dan Huff in in split seconds mm -hmm. come up with parts that were just like uh, uh, the most perfect parts you could ever hear. Mm -hmm. Here, but it was within a split second. Oh, and they it's were like seconds. literally like you mean something like this? They're like yes. Click record, yeah, and and oh, like yeah. they're literally recording him as fast as he's showing him, yeah, and, it's and like, just capture the moment, and and they did, you know, and yeah, it's like well, you know, Tim Pierce, Landau, yeah, yeah Landau, Luther, Luther. Jay Graydon, yep, um, all these cats, man, that was their magic, and still is, yeah, is is they could instantaneously, not only interpret the, producer, the music, yeah, when and, the producer had no idea what they wanted. They could not only figure out what they want, but even if they didn't know what they wanted, they would play something they knew they would like. And then on top of that, attitude-wise, sell it that way. Like, no, this is the part. You know, they yeah. never was like, I, mean, oh, I don't know if that's the right part. No, they'd be like, no, here's the part, guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I literally watched Luke do it a bunch of times, too. The same thing, sort of thing. Yeah. Where he'd go in. He's hired to play a solo. Right. You know, a solo on a pop song, you know, and he'd come in and, and, and literally I'd watch it and <laughs> literally like one, like one quick take just to practice it. Mm -hmm. And then, all right, take the next one. Yeah. And, and, and literally they're just like, yeah, that was great. Done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He said, like, okay, see ya. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because the worst mistake you can make is when they say, "Oh, that was great." Be think, make the mistake of over because all guitar players do it. It's going, "Oh yeah, but that one thing, I'm not." You know, it's like, "No, that's the take." You know, and that's I think that's yeah, one of the hardest parts. Anything. Yeah, that's one of the don't hardest parts of, of session work is is 
you know, know that it, it was good because otherwise you're going to wreck it. You're going to make that producer oh, absolutely. and that artist start second guessing what you just did that was actually yeah. really good. Yeah. And that's the thing, like take the solo and go, yeah, that was killing. What's next? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just you, you, you good. Yeah, I'm good. Great. Yeah. Okay, go what's on. next, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because but, because I, I I have friends that are um, I have a friend of mine that's a, a really good artist in his own right, mm -hmm. and he writes a bunch of songs and stuff. But he's his own worst enemy um, because he will he will get a song to a point where I'm like, oh man, that's great, man. Mm -hmm killer i love the vibe of it and everything and then he will work it to death where i hate it yeah i'm like oh, what happened to what you had Dude, right. what you had was great well the vocal wasn't that good and, yeah. and it was a little pitchy here and there and i go i don't care that it was pitchy it was yeah fucking really good yeah it was and in the pocket just kept yeah. that performance because yeah. that performance the thing in the studio is the performance it's like the, what they say when someone records a demo and they can never top their demo. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the performance. It's capturing the moment. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you can't perform it. You can't, well, you can't top it. And, and I remember John Shanks was telling me he, he worked on a Stevie Nicks record. Mm -hmm. And when he did the demo with her, it was at his like, house that he had at the time. And the, the window was open, and the lawn guy was mowing the lawn, and there was a dog barking, <laughs> and all yeah. this stuff. And they, they just did the demo with her singing and stuff, you know, like at the house. And, and there was all this stuff in the background. Yeah. And he could never replicate that vocal again. Yeah. The performance she did at that vocal, he never replicated again. So mm -hmm. in the end, they kept that vocal. With yeah. all that stuff in the background on the record. Yeah, well, here's here's how it works, and, and it's something I've learned, even just doing demo videos. What happens is whenever you turn, because the, the mentality is practice at home, perform or play live. The so practice at home. But what happens is you do the one performance, and then unfortunately you start trying to practice that performance to make that performance better. Well, now you're practicing basically to tape. Right. And, and what you're getting is something that's more articulate, but not nearly as magical as performance was. And right. it is, it's, it's a really delicate balance. And I, I really struggle with that, even in demos, um, blowing solos. Like lately, I have started getting to the point where I let things go, which is astronomical yeah, for me. Because normally it's like all what I here's how I do these solos on all these demos is I just let it roll by and I, I think I got nothing and I'll just keep kind of screwing around. But then I'll stumble on something I do like and then I'll kind of be like, OK, how can I I now I have to learn this and figure out how to make this fit because this mistake was awesome. Mm. But what will happen is I'll do 10 or 20 takes of a solo because I had a sound in my head from a mistake I made, but now I got to get it perfect. <laughs> and I'll do take after take after take until I'm happy with it. Nobody else yeah. will know what it was I wasn't happy with. And now lately I've been like, no, that, that take is fine. One take. 
No, it's just, it's just I can't just, let it drive me nuts. <laughs> well, well, for the videos too, right? For for videos and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, you really it doesn't matter. It's yeah. I mean, it 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 doesn't because for me, unfortunately, it's like I'm still an artist enough to be even when it's a demo video to be very concerned about the performance. But at the same time, I have to like let go and and just go. You know what? It's still fine. It's yeah, like, yeah, I missed that 16th and that 32nd. It was a little bit off, but, you know, because otherwise I, I literally sometimes on some of these solos, I'll run across a line that I, I made a mistake and it's like, but I now I got to figure out. And then what's hilarious is it's like cramming for an algebra test I didn't give a crap about. I, <laughs> I nailed the algorithm. Yeah. And but a month later, if you ask me to explain that algorithm, I can't. I'd have to go back and relearn it. Yeah. Cause it was in the moment and that's what I did. You know, it's like, you know, when I play live, it's just so funny because I can't play what I did actually in that moment in the session, because that was there and then it was gone and I'm off to the next thing. Yeah, sure. I, I have to relearn that. <laughs> yeah. It, you, know? It, you know what? Sometimes you have to just go with what you did, you know, like yeah. just, just go with it. And if it has a little blur, you know, a little mistake yeah. in it, uh, I yeah. think, that is better. And, well, that's, that's, better, that's the thing. It's like, Frank, well, it looks like the something Frank Zappa used to say. It's like, well, it's one against nature, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Know. It's like, just go for it. If you miss, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. But if you get it all perfect, practiced, it won't be as magical. Like all right. those little missed nuances and the, the, you know, supposed timing errors are actually what made that solo or even that rhythm part so magical i mean are the meters tight no but no. we all freak out when we hear those grooves they are sick so then that's the whole point that, well somebody, you know, somebody explained to me a long time ago um with recording and what you you the classic recordings that you heard mm. so you have a band that was sitting in a room that played together as a band Mm-hmm. And um, they tune to each other. Yep. <laughs> okay. Like maybe yeah. maybe there was a reference tuning, but yeah. then they tune to each other. Yeah. So then no tuning is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, close. I mean, yeah. like relatively in tune. Mm-hmm. And um, so then they tracked a song. Mm-hmm. And so you have all these slightly, slightly off tunings. Yeah. So you have this uh, for the vocalist now it's going to come in. And so you have this wide path because the, the, uh, the, uh, the tuning isn't exactly like pitch perfect, you know? Right. So you have this very wide path. So then this vocalist has to hit this wide path, little bit variance, you know, there he can, yeah. he can, he can, it's not like, uh, you know, like a dental floss, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. And um, so in turn, then he sings and it sounds fine. It sounds great because this, all this stuff is not exactly in tune, yeah. but, but it sounds relatively in tune and you get these big, fat, great sounding records. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward to today where everything is tuned yeah. to a Nat's hair Mm-hmm. And you have your, um, you know, it's basically like dental floss, right? Yeah. So then the singer's got to fucking hit this pitch, right? That is perfectly in the middle, yeah, perfectly there. 
Yeah. And come on, everyone's human. No yeah. one's going to hit that exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you've created this monster of of fixing pitch and fixing everything, fixing and time. then then uh, essentially, you have you have a highly uh, sterilized version of the song. Yeah, um, which is awful. Yeah, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin is not a highly sterilized version of the song. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. Like there is slop, there is mistakes, there is oh, yeah. all sorts of stuff. There is a living, breathing drummer, mm-hmm. an incredible drummer. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, living and breathing. Uh, if you really analyze his drum beats and everything, there is no, there's no like repetitive beat. It's like living and breathing. It's like there's accent hits mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of stuff in his kick drum patterns and his snare patterns and everything. It's it's like it's living and breathing through the whole song. Yeah. If you oh, analyze yeah. just the drums through the song, you'd see, oh, wait, well, that drum kick pattern is not the same in the verse mm-hmm. and this verse and that verse. Mm-hmm. It's all different. Or, or even where it pockets is not the same. Yeah. Where musicians are playing with musicians. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that has become non-existent anymore. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't happen much. And, and, you know, the problem is you, you're able to see waveforms now on a grid. Well, this is a problem. This is a yeah. big problem, man. Yeah. And what will happen is you look at those waveforms and you see the grid. You're like, oh, wait a second. All these waveforms are behind the grid or they're slightly ahead. So now you're not even listening anymore. You're just looking. And, and you're just trying to slide all yeah. those waveforms so they drop right in the yeah. grid. And, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll make the grid. We'll quantize the grid or we'll make the grid have more pocket. It's like, well, leave the grid alone and actually shut the waveforms off and just listen. Does it sound great? Because that's the thing. It's like Zeppelin's not tight. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But no, it sounds but it's insane. great. It's insane. Yeah. It's great. The stones are not tight, but it sounds insane. It's so good. Um, you know, Hendrix, not tight, but mm-hmm. good Lord, sounds incredibly good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the thing. It's like the, you know, and then I unfortunately have fallen prey to that mentality of of um, perfection. And I'm I'm really trying to like, break that break out of that i mean because my big thing and the only thing i ever tell guitar players and when i critique guitar players they'll send me tracks and they'll say hey i played on this thing how, how what do you think how does it sound and really the only thing i listen to even over tone and all that stuff is just pocket it's yeah. like were, were you in the pocket or were you not paying attention to the hi-hat you know and that's a whole other thing for guitar players that i i get into about feel it's like Man, stop listening to kick and snare and don't listen to anything but your drummer's hi-hat. You know, because at the end of the day, it's not about your feel as a guitar player. It's about how well you play with the drummer. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the feel sits. So you can be like, oh, I'm so in the pocket. Well, yeah, but you're way behind the drummer. So you sound yeah. like an idiot. Or I'm right on the bean, I'm energetic. Yeah, but you're playing ahead of the drummer. You sound like an idiot. Where is the drummer? It's like if the drummer's like a super tight on the bean pocket, listen to his hi-hats and play to that pocket. Otherwise, you're not in the right. pocket. You're just trying to force like your feel into something that isn't that feel, you know? 
Um, you know, and obviously there's arguments, uh, you know, especially bass players, you know, they can kind of sit back a little bit and the note kind of blooms. But for the most part, that's like the big deal for me, especially for guitar players. It's like, you know, where's your pocket? Are you listening? If, if you haven't been fixed in Pro Tools, if, but if you're, if you're listening to the hi-hat, you're going to play with that drummer. And if he's a terrible drummer, he's a terrible drummer, but at least you're in his pocket. <laughs> at least you're, I, I, I understand you know, this, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. at least you're, at least you're playing along with the rest of the band, you know, yeah. uh, feels a big deal. And unfortunately we quantize and tweak and fix everything. And even I fall prey to that. I'll be looking at pro tools files and the waves going, God, especially like my bass playing, I'll be like, Oh, I should fix that. Something's not, it's not on the grid, but then I have to stop and close my eyes. It's like, yeah, but it feels fine. You Why know, do I have to you move know, this, you know, you know? The guy that works for me, you know, uh, Jamie Kahn? Mm -mm. You don't know Jamie? Mm -mm. Jamie played with uh, uh, Zappa Plays Zappa. Mm -hmm. He's a motherfucker guitar player. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know him personally is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, you know of him. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he always he he's always like that. It's like yeah, no one plays with with musicians anymore. No one like mm -hmm. no one. Um, he, he does a big potato gig routinely. You know, like mm -hmm. once a month or a couple times a month. And um, he's like, oh my god, it's like hard. Yeah, you know, like to. Yeah. yeah, you should play with him. You should come out here and play with him. He probably bury come up. me. <laughs> oh, wait, you can do it. Yeah, that's that's a funeral I don't want to go to until I. You know what everyone fucking says. <laughs> that's what everyone fucking says, and it's always like it's always like Pete Thorne said the same thing. He goes, uh uh, no way. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I want my friends to like show up to act my actual funeral, not just it's me a, killing it's, myself. It's like I'm not doing that. Oh no way! And and, and Jamie's just like, dude, I'll just tailor the set to whatever it needs to be. It's fine. We'll play rock songs, whatever. You know, like it's just like. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's Pete Thorne's like, oh, oh no, oh no, I'm not going anywhere near him. No, I, and I, I second that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that guy's crazy. Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, you know, there's all these, you know, there's there's cats out there, man, like, you know, Josh Smith and. Yeah, sure. Oh, my God. You know, that, you know, there's guys that, you know, but for me, uh, you know, I've been, you know, a lot of the session work I do now really is just, yeah, it's, you know, the bass and drums are already done. They want me to add guitars to it. And then they'll chop up what I did to bits to make that fit. You yeah, know what sure. I mean? And then, you know, it's just it's, it's just kind of a different world now. I, I, you know, I don't know that I want to just totally crap all over it, but it's just progression. Things have changed, and people don't. Yeah, it's just. I guess it's it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like things are progressing, and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm kind of fading out here. I've been up since like five in the morning. Um, <laughs> oh, too bad. Uh, yeah. Get your shit together. I can sleep. <laughs> I, you guys can wake me back up. And um, Dave, we had we do have a question for you though. Metal Madness wants to know, Dave, oh, did you ever meet Dimebag Daryl? No, I didn't. I wouldn't like to. Okay, I'm no, sure. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. 
Um, uh, there's some other stuff down in here about Rat. I don't know how that came up, but um, well, because Warren's no longer in Rat. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we won't even talk about that because that just doesn't that doesn't compute for me. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Um, for whoever's in Rat now, you're in a world of hurt because yeah. you can't have Rat without Warren. Yeah, it's big shoes, period. man. Period. Yeah. And and you don't even have Carlos anymore. Because mm -hmm. he left too. So you're – it's just horrible. No. <laughs> I actually – I read on – The only thing the only thing cool about Rat was Warren. Of course. Yeah. Warren I read was a great – it's a great guitar player. And, and Amazing. No, no. I mean, no. Come on, yeah. really? I mean, like, the only reason anyone comes to their show is Warren still. Mm -hmm. Come on. That's true. Those are big shoes, no man. No one, no one, if someone else goes there, no one cares. It's true. <laughs> no one cares anymore. Yeah. Come on. No one, no one gives a shit. I, I saw, I saw them uh, within the last five years at least twice, and Warren was great. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the him last the year. The only reason I went was to see Warren. Same here. <laughs> yeah, I went to the show. And, to but I saw Warren. Carlos too, and that was cool too. Carlos was really good. Yeah. But um, Carlos, from what I understand, was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this without Warren. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't blame him. Yeah, no, I don't blame him either. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, wow. it's interesting because I'm friends with um, on Facebook – the guy who they said is replacing Warren. Who's that? Uh, this guy, Jordan Ziff, who oh, is currently playing with Marty Friedman. Okay. Good luck. But I don't know if that's true or not. So I, it could be completely false, but I read it online. So, you know, it's got to be true. <laughs> <laughs> it always well, is, man. It right. always is. <laughs> it's got to be true. So, but, uh, well, good yeah. Luck. Yeah, exactly. Good luck having good luck, man. Anybody I mean, showing like, up? Honestly, like they have a very uh, large uphill battle. I I believe without Warren, you know. So yeah, I mean that's the only reason I had any interest whatsoever in in Rat was well. Warren was a, a fantastic guitar player. I think like right. he had a really interesting style and everything oh, yeah. about what he did over the years was was mm -hmm. really cool. And the mm -hmm. only thing left with Rat, which is sort of a relatively dated band, it would be Warren. Right. And I think yeah. the last record they did was actually actually pretty good, which was surprising. Um, wow. Um, but right. Infestation, that was a good record. Yeah. Actually. So um, Warren is but, no Petrucci. I'm like Petrucci is no Warren. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't really. No, in fact, uh, I would prefer Warren over Petrucci. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, Petrucci's a killer player, but Warren is like got the magical. There's that. Oh there's yeah. A magic yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got and he that. Knows, and he could write songs. He wrote yeah. great songs. He wrote yeah. great songs, and there, there, he had a, a magical style. Yeah. He, he was. He's one of the great guitar players. Absolutely. That existed from that era. You yeah. know, like you have your Warren D. Martinez, your Lynch, you have your Eddie Van Halen's, you have, yeah. um, you know, Jakey Lee, and you have, uh, you know, a couple other guys in there. But yeah. from that era, 
Vivian Campbell, maybe. Okay, sure. Yeah. You know, from that era, I mean, those guys were all, you know, guitar gods. Yeah, know? and, and so, I mean, we don't have any more guitar gods. There were so many well. of them then, but now we don't really have that many. Yeah, not really, not in that style. You're right, Dave. Not well, not it, not that's it doesn't have to be that style. Hmm. I don't feel we have any guitar gods anymore. That we don't have any guys that are really like. Um, I mean, there's a few. You got Joe Bonamassa. A, okay, Joe Bonamassa did, did great. Okay, that's fine. But um, even Joe, I mean, Joe's no spring chicken. I'm I'm trying to think of like the really. Young guys, Young guys. You, you want you want to know a great guy, um, who is an artist of ours, and who's just touching on what he's going to do, mm -hmm. is Sammy Bowler. Yeah, Sammy nice. Bowler uh, has done a bunch of uh, kind of instruction videos for Guitar World. Mm -hmm. He's a Friedman artist. Um, he does an incredible like. Um, uh, he has this incredible technique of this kind of like this. Well, I mean, it's not something that's been, not been done before, but this kind of tapping, almost like Stanley Jordan sort of tapping. Oh, I've seen that kid. I, yeah, 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 young yeah, long haired yeah. guy. Yep. I think I posted him. You've probably mm -hmm. seen him on my channel. Yeah. Um, and I think I posted, we did a concert in Detroit mm -hmm. and we posted a clip of his concert where he played with his three-piece band mm -hmm. all instrumental uh and it got crazy action too like crazy views crazy mm -hmm. stuff but the interesting thing about his his instrumental stuff is it has sort of tension to it yeah. um meaning it can be kind of heavy mm -hmm. but it has this uh, uh tension to the playing where you're 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 like it, it, you're on edge. You're, it's not like this. It's not the Joe Satriani or the you know Steve Vai or the, the right, stuff that's kind of kind of pretty. It it right. has more um, angst and tension to the to the playing, and and I find that really interesting because I think he can do a lot with that, and I think he will. Yeah, um, he's I mean, going to do an instrumental record that is really cool, but it has this kind of rock tension, almost like, have you ever heard of the the band Russian Circles? Mm -hmm. So Russian yeah, Circles okay. is a heavy, is yeah. a heavy sort of rock band, but it's instrumental. Right. And I saw, I saw them open up for Mastodon and, and, and uh, uh, another band and, and, and I'm like watching them and I'm like going, this is all instrumental and it's, but it's heavy. Right. And it's really cool. Yeah. Like the way they, they do it. And I think Sammy has a different take on it, but he has a certain there's a certain interesting interesting element to what he's doing that makes it be you know not, yeah. not the typical thing. Well, I'm always I mean I'm always looking for the especially really young cats like the last he's like young 24, guy, 25 or something. Yeah, see that's great. I mean the last young guy I heard where I was like, man, that guy's got the tone in his hands. Was this kid uh, Marcus King, mm -hmm. uh, blues player? Okay. Uh, um, okay. Uh, Josh Smith, I think, had him out on one of the like blues cruises things. He's he's kind of got long, like red hair. Uh, that sounds sings, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Insane singer, but for me, I'm always like 
the ones that scare me are the ones that have a ton of tone in their hands at a really yeah. young age. And that kid, when I heard him, it was like, yeah, he's got, and he certainly has chops, but he's got this left-hand tone where it's like, uh-oh, you can't learn that. You've already got it. Mm -hmm. That's That, for me, is guitar hero stuff. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I get it, man. It's like sometimes I think, well, where's, man, when Jeff Beck goes, you know, heaven forbid, or Eric Clapton, or Buddy Guy, we already what? lost That's BB. all coming. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's not it's not far down the road. So who's the next cat? Mm. And that's that's the thing. It's like I, you know what? Not sure. You know, there's players I love, like you know, blues players like Matt Schofield, of course Josh Smith, and these guys are all amazing. But as far as like they all learned from the iconic guys, yeah. and some of them are still here. But who's like the next icon? You yeah, know, that's why. Gonna, that's you know, why I was that. I mean, Joe Bonamassa is a beast. But yeah, Joe Sammy. goes back to like Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson goes back to Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sammy interests me a lot because because what he's doing, some of the stuff he's doing is not so. Okay, there's there's a tapping element. Okay, yeah. Okay, Eddie Van Halen did that, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so did like Stanley Jordan and and different different mm -hmm. people. But there's an element of what he's doing that isn't really done right now. Mm -hmm. And um, and he does it with such a um, – he's so effortless with it. Mm -hmm. I saw a clip. And, yeah, did you see the Harpo's clip? Yeah. With the red yeah, stacks in the back and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when's that, it, when's that video coming out? Because I saw a clip. Well, he's, well, he's, uh, well, he's going to do some more videos for himself. Oh, okay. uh, from that, but um, yeah, there's there was just when I saw him live, I'm like, on wow, that's really cool. And I don't really like instrumental music, yeah. And 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 I'm not really one to like favor that. And um, there's only been a few, like, I really really like Steve Stevens' instrumental record, mm -hmm. um, that he did a few years ago, um, mm -hmm. that was great. And Sammy's stuff that I've heard so far, he's, he's, he's actually uh, uh, sent me some other songs that he's done and stuff. And there's just this tension to it that, that I'm like, this well, is cool because it's not like the typical instrumental thing. It's yeah. got a heavy element, but it's got this tension and it's not, it's not like, what you would expect from an instrumental record, and 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 that I love. Well, there's cats like I mean, there are guys that are are not in like the rock and roll realm. Right? There's there's a young kid. Uh, I know I'm saying his name wrong, but uh, Anton uh, Boyer. Um, I saw him. He's got to be young, man. Uh, he he looks like if Bob Dylan was 12 years old. That's what this kid looks like. Right. And, and he's, he can't be, but in his 20s, but he haunts me. And I saw him do an arrangement just sitting there by himself of Hello Darkness. Uh, and, and I was just like, are you kidding me? And he's just just a kid. Um, uh, Julian Lodge is another guy. I don't know how old he is. Uh, he looks young, <laughs> but he's yeah. another guy where it's like, you know, it's it's arranging and it's just this musicality that just is 
so I, they're in the like the jazz realm, like the Pat Metheny's yeah. and the, there's some kids yeah. that are just, oh my God. But in the rock and roll blues, that's where I feel like, oh. Yeah, that's why. Mm. That's why I was like, I'm pretty big on this guy. Yeah, uh, wow. I'm pretty big on, on on Sammy, because I think he can take it, and he wants to mm-hmm. take it to. He's the next. I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and he's the next guy that could be a great, like a guitar. Wow, you know, like interesting guitar god. If if. You know, that's possible these days. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you because with it sounds like with him, you know, who he's up against is going to be like the Frank Zappas and the Jeff Becks and the, you know, cause, well, yeah, but that's but it's not that's done. It's done. Yeah, right? well, that's what I mean, though. It's like so young people are like you know, like only know him, and right, and and I think his, uh, um, I, I just watched him perform at the show we did. And it was just like when you watched him perform, he was so effortless mm-hmm. in his uh, performance. Like he just was so natural and just laid back and mm-hmm. like, just like how he is in normal life. Right. Um, and, and he, and he just like, yeah, cool. I'm doing it. <laughs> wow. You know? And you're just like, hey, fuck you, man. You're, <laughs> you're fucking killing it, dude. Yeah. You know, well, that's that's you know that's the thing, and it's something I have to work on in my life. Even creeping up on fifty, is the best guitar players are fearless guitar players. He's fearless. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's he like for me, it. it's like I'm still scared to death to play in front of people. It's like ah, uh, you know. But the ones that are truly great are the ones that are fearless. Man, they just, you know. I, I guess uh, you know. So I think it's why I love watching like Mike Landau play so much. Is Oh, yeah. Man, when he breaks into a solo, it's like nobody's there but him. Mm-hmm. And right. he's fearless, man. He'll just go for something. He might miss it, but he don't care. He'll hit it again, you know? Yeah. And it's like those those are the guys that just, you know, wow. Who's you know, like, even that, it's like, well, God, who's after Mike? You know, who's gonna be the next Steve Lukather or Jake Raiden? Whoa, know? that's they don't <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Kind Eddie, of. Like, you it's know, kind of no. like, that's well, I guess one. I guess Dave. The problem is the mentality of that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, maybe nobody cares that there's not going to be another Eddie or another Lukather or Jake Raiden or Landau. You know, well, I, maybe well, that's sad I, I traveled mm-hmm. with the Sammy guy, and he didn't know mm-hmm. who Mike Landau was. I'm like, going, let me educate. Oh, you. good lord! Wow. <laughs> and he started watching the videos. He's like, mm-hmm. oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. going, I'm like, going, well, he's tw- you know, 24 years old. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's like, he's well versed in a lot of other guitar players, but he just yeah. didn't know Mike Landau for some reason. Yeah. I'm like, going. Oh man! Let, oh God! Yeah. Got to look at this. You have to look at this, and yeah. you have to look at this. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Because he's going to school you. Yep. Yeah, you're going to be heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that redheaded kid. His name is uh, Toby Lee. Toby Which Lee. Which redheaded kid? I think you were saying a young. That, oh no, that blue kid. Oh, no, it's kid? no, it's definitely Marcus King. He's got oh. really long red hair. Um, he's kind of stocky, short kid. Um, sings like crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Marcus Marcus King. I'm almost positive that's his name. 
Well, um, uh, yeah, there's another kid. Then he's a red yeah. blue blues kid. He's like 13 years old. His oh no, two. no, yeah, Marcus would be closer to. He'd be more in his like early 20s. I got you. Um, early 20s, yeah, Mar yeah. You'll know when you see him. I think actually the first time I saw him was uh um, got you know oh, why am I drawing a blank? The vintage, the vintage shop and that everybody goes to. Which one? Uh, Where? Uh, L.A. Um, oh, you gotta be uh, kidding me. Norman's. Norman's. Yeah, Norman's rare guitars. Oh, yeah. um, that's the first time I saw him. Was they were you know you know how they show case on YouTube somebody will be in there that they like, and yeah, it was his kid Marcus King. Um, and that's the first time I heard him, and then the next time I saw him play was with Josh Smith, I think on one of those blues cruise things, where it's a boat, you know, not blues clues. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. But you know they they do those cruises with like Bonamassa. Everybody's done them, and he did that with Josh, and he just killed it and traded souls with Josh. But um, yeah, he's not that uh, young, Mark. I, and this other kid um, is, yeah, I'm sure he's great too. But no, Marcus King is he's probably he's got to be early twenties, late teens. Mm -hmm. But he's just a beast of a guitar player. Like left hand tone is like, come on. And then when you hear him sing, it's like stupid. I'll have to check him out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. for sure. That's cool. And not Mark King level forty two. That would be Mark King <laughs> based on uh, level forty two. <laughs> cool. Level forty two. Wow. Yeah, that's killer. Cool. I loved that band. Still You're dating yourself. I know. Well, there you go. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm I'm really fading hard, so I think I'm going to call it a night. Um, but Sean, it was awesome to have you on, man. Oh man, thanks for having me. I this I'm so such a blessing, man. Thank you. Oh, it's fun. We, I always yeah. enjoy it, man. Yeah, we got to have you on again anytime. Yeah, I'd love and, to. Uh, yeah, but thank you, and um, I look forward to all the upcoming videos. And uh, if people want to reach out to you, hard videos coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least four from old uh, Dave Friedman instruments. Those uh, those those Feldman Field Ham guitars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, if your YouTube channel is it just Sean, Sean Tubbs? Yeah, just yeah Sean Tubbs music. You know, it's it's super easy. If you just punch subscribe, in Sean Tubbs music, it'll come up. Subscribe, yeah, please yeah. subscribe. <laughs> More subscriptions. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I need them. Please, thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll make an announcement on who our next guest is once we get it booked. It'll probably be in two weeks from now. We'll keep you posted. And yeah, we have uh, no idea who it is. No idea. It's a complete mystery right now, but I'm sure it'll be <laughs> someone great. But uh, but thank you, Sean. Thanks again. Thank man. you. Thank you very much. Everybody Stay have a great on. weekend. Stay on, Sean. Yes. <laughs>